Hello, welcome to episode one of Pod'em Up, a new games podcast. I yeah. am Ollie, and you are Up Tips. You're Tips, and yeah. together we are Pod'em Up. Woo! Um, <laughs> if we sound a bit awkward, it's because we've just had a variety of technical issues. Oh yeah, God. I mean, I, I recorded a much better intro than this just now. <laughs> yeah, you did actually. It was... <laughs> this was awful. <laughs> Let's leave it in anyway, because because we'll laugh about it um, in fifty episodes' time. We will. Um, we will. How many technical snags have we had just trying uh, to get this podcast going oh in the first God. place? You know? Well, the first one. Oh, what was it? It was your 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 Linux, wasn't it? Yeah. And it just wasn't playing ball at all. Just wasn't having any of it. Yeah, and then we got, we finally got it working, and we did like a um uh, uh, uh pilot podcast, didn't we? Yeah, episode zero. Yeah, episode zero, uh, which we we probably won't release because um we just had the terrible whining in the background, yeah. um which was uh, was either or both both of uh, your laptop and your the microphone that you were using it's one or the other i now i've switched the both, microphone yeah. i'm i'm starting to think it's probably to do with the, the cheapy microphone i got off amazon but mm. there we go you live and learn yeah you do it's funny i was looking at amazon microphones and uh, yeah the, the, the problem with amazon is you you always get like a, loads of great reviews but a few really bad ones and it's those ones that you're focusing on isn't it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we're a gaming podcast. We're two gamers. Um, we enjoy retro games. We enjoy modern games. We enjoy indie games. Yeah. Uh, is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We, we just, just love games, really. We do. Um, and yeah, we've been friends for a while, haven't we? Um, yeah. Mostly cool. online, but we know each other from school originally. From school, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's a long we, time ago now. It was a long time old. ago. Oh, God, yeah, don't get me started. Um uh, so yeah, um, how you been? Not too bad. Yeah, Good. not too bad. I mean, a bit stressed out trying to get all this go, get this all up together oh, and going. Yeah, um, it has been stressful, but we're there now. We're still. But we're you, there. So we're, you yeah, sound good. Plain sailing, but from now. Yeah. Okay. So, right. So this first episode was really um, sort of an introduction about us, really, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. A bit about what the podcast is going to be about, because I'm yeah. sure, you know, there's no shortage of gaming podcasts. No, I was looking YouTube th- channels. Yeah, I was looking um, through them and I thought, oh my god, there's a lot of games podcasts. You know, so I mean, I think <laughs> a fair question would be, you know, what are we going to be doing that's different to anyone else? So I think th- th- this first episode will be a bit about us. And, yeah. You know what our sort of history with games, like you say, and yeah. um, what the podcast is going to be, and, and and why you should listen to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, um, I think. I mean, I think we're just two sort of quite laid back guys talking about games. Really, that's yeah. kind of our our angle. We're gonna. I think by default we'll probably do a kind of book club thing, um, and in quite a lot of the episodes where we'll kind of go away and we'll play a game or two. And we'll um, we'll come back and talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them might be retro games, just because they're a little bit smaller, uh, a yeah. little bit more manageable. Because we, you know, I've I've got a wife and a kid. You know, it's quite difficult to fit gaming in these days. You know, you've got a girlfriend um, and a busy job, and you know, it's tough to tough to game when you're this in these this stage of life, right? It is. It mm. is. I mean, well, we might talk a little bit later about what we've been playing at the moment, but uh, yeah. that's. You know, the lack of time is certainly going to 
going to come up in conversation when we oh, talk God, about yeah. what we've been playing. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so. I'll be, like, still on the same games over, like, three three episodes, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, that's, I think that's how it's looking for me at the moment. Uh, yeah, anyway, never mind. It doesn't matter. As long as we're still playing, as long as we're still enjoying, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, I thought, first of all, we could just run through briefly our kind of console history. And, yeah. And, you know, where... Uh, sort of what we had back in the day, what we've collected since, what we've sort of move on to, you know, what we found ourselves enjoying most. Um, would you like to start, or shall I? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I started with a Commodore sixty four oh, back really? when um, we just went round my granddad's house um, one afternoon, one weekend, mm. and I was only like three or four I think mm. and he had the Commodore all set up the Commodore 64 and let me have a go on it and the f- very first game I played was uh, the Great Guana Sisters on the uh, on the C64 it's basically a, a Super Mario Brothers ripoff basically <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it plays exactly like Super Mario Brothers but I didn't know any better at the time I no. just thought it was a this amazing sure. new thing yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was Great Guana Sisters and another game, uh, Dragon Ninja, uh, Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja, the Commodore 64 port, which was, you know, not quite a patch on the arcade. But again, at the time, it was, you know, it just blew my mind. It wasn't anything mm. like I'd seen before. Um, so, yeah, that was started on the Commodore 64. Um, and then over the years, um, um, went on to Sega primarily, um, Sega Mega Drive. Um, a little bit of the master system. We didn't have a master system at home, but I played it around friends' houses and things like that. Yeah. Um, PlayStation after that, PlayStation Two, um, Xbox Three Sixty, and then on to the, you know, the, um, where we are today. But I mean, the majority of my sort of youth was uh, the Commodore sixty four, Commodore Amiga, and Mega Drive would be the the main things I focused on. I think. Oh really? Okay, I didn't know you went back that back quite that far. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, since okay. yeah, since I was very, very tiny. Ah, you got into games a little bit earlier than I did. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, what did you, you start with? I started with the Mega Drive. Oh, really? Um, cool. I didn't start until uh, Christmas '93 was when I got my Mega Drive. Oh, so right, yeah. I was uh, seven or eight. Um, uh, my first. Um, uh, experience with games it was a little bit earlier than that. I just played on my uh, uncle's PC, and he had um, I can remember three games. It was and I don't know if they were the, the same ones or just clones of them, but he had a version of Space Invaders. Mm-hmm. It was quite nice. That's sort of one of the first games I played. Actually. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a classic. And um, Prince of Persia, and uh, a platformer start, starring some sort of mechanic running around a factory talking to his boss I don't know I can't remember but I'd love to know what game that was actually I was going to say if anyone knows yeah, what that game let is me know. let us know it's, yeah it's weird um, but um, yeah I quite like the Prince of Persia one I remember very specifically learning that okay this is the jump button and this is the forward button and if I hold them both at the same time I can jump over this pit and that was like you know kind of a revelation not having played games before and just sort of oh that's how you play a game do you know what I mean yeah yeah, um, but yeah, I um, oh, my first experience properly with it that got me really got me into games was um, 
uh, it'll come as no surprise to you actually I went to uh, a friend of a friend of mine's party and um, I went in this was in probably summer 93 I'm guessing and in the corner was a, a TV set up with a Mega Drive and Sonic the Hedgehog playing on it and uh, to say that moment changed my life is not really an understatement I would say yeah it yeah, just absolutely. it just wowed me I mean the fact that they were playing a game anyway but also just Sonic itself, you know, as you know, I'm a big Sonic fan and it's all started there, really. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, a good I, introduction to the Mega Drive as well. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. I mean, no no better, really. Um, it was just the, the colour, the, the speed, how much fun the other kids were having with it. Um, I remember one thing, it, you, just remember, you just reminded me of it then when you said, you know, sort of how sort of revelation revolutionary what a revelation it was i don't know what mm. the correct term would be but with sonic the uh, when you played sonic the hedgehog mm. when i played sonic for the first time one of the things it sounds really silly but one of the things that i found amazing at the time was you could scroll backwards and forwards on the level a lot of the the old games yeah. had played up to that point once mm. you move forward mm. like the screen would lock. You wouldn't be able to go back. You couldn't backtrack across the yeah, stage. And I remember yes. having that that freedom in Sonic and going back and forth across okay. Green Hill Zone. I just find that absolutely mind blowing at the time. Okay. The only game I've got experience with that with is Mario Land on the on the Game Boy. I think it was like that uh, that you couldn't go back. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that got me into into Mega Drive definitely I wanted well actually I wanted any sort of game after that I just thought well, yeah. Christmas is coming I want a games console um, so I asked for the Master System because I thought it was a bit more affordable uh, mm. I thought you know well, uh, it's got Sonic on it that'll do but luckily my dad tends to just sort of go for whatever he thinks is best or whatever's told who whatever's told him is, is best so he went for, he went for the Mega Drive mm. um, and I got a bundle with Aladdin Sonic Spinball um, Lotus 2, Desert Strike, and EA Doubleheader. Um, Amazing. Randomly, yeah. I don't know why EA Doubleheader. The Doubleheader, not so much, but the rest yeah, of Yeah, no, I, I, a, a I, played that, I played that game like three times, literally. <laughs> but all the others I loved. Um, yeah, it's probably not a podcast you, you're going to get much from if you're into primarily sports games, I don't think. No, I, I'm not into sports. You're not into sports. I don't think we might we we could just do like a, a sport game in the book club just once just to see how badly we do it it, it might be fun. yeah it could be good, good <laughs> that's relax, the only yeah. that's the only time yeah um so yeah my uh, I love my Mega Drive you know I went on to get like um, Sonic 2 Sonic and Knuckles Micro Machine 96 Streets of Rage 2 Earthworm Jim 2 you know um and then I moved on to Saturn um and that was a that was a big moment for me as well because I hadn't really played any 3D games until then and I got a bundle with Virtua Fighter 2, Sega Rally and Daytona and I remember um, plugging it into the big TV downstairs and just Virtua Fighter 2 just blared out the TV you know it had CD quality soundtrack it was 60 frames a second these polygons were flying around all over the place and it just blew the whole room mm. open you know it's just I couldn't believe it it was incredible um, yeah, I plumped for the Saturn rather than the PlayStation. I, I didn't. I didn't. Get, Why was that? Was that just? I, I didn't get what Sony thought they were doing because they 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 weren't a games company. To me, they didn't know games. 
Um, and I thought, you know, what, just, they make TVs and stuff. What, what do they know about games? But it turns out, obviously, they just get people to make the games for them. And they did yeah. a very good job of it, obviously. But I didn't really see that at the time. I was just, I stuck with Sega, you know, because that's not what I knew. And I, I don't like change very much. <laughs> it's not what you said that um, you asked for the Master System. Mm. Um, I remember the Christmas um, that I got the PlayStation. I'd originally asked for a Sega Saturn. Um, really? And my dad said, "No, don't don't get that. Get the PlayStation. That's what they're all talking about in in the paper. They said it was good in the paper. Yeah. Well, um, but I'd mean, originally asked for the Saturn. I ended, I got the PlayStation instead. So it's, it's just quite That's interesting funny. that that sort of parallel there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That was yeah. That was definitely the opinion at the time. It sort of emerged very quickly. But I think the Saturn now has, has earned much more respect than it ever had in back in the day." Oh, definitely, say, definitely. Especially for its Japanese library, which I haven't delved into very much. I think you have a little bit, haven't you? A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some, there's some really good stuff on yeah, there. Yeah, even now when I put my Saturn in and play these old, just the old, um, you know, European games, I really, I, I, there's something quite special about it. I do quite like mm. it, but maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just the time I hate it. It's a, it's an amazing console for 2D games, I think. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. think it was particularly well it? suited for the 3D. I mean, you had no. your virtual fighters and stuff, but in, in general, I think it was, it didn't really shine when it came to 3D, but for some of the 2D stuff on there, it's just, it just incredible. Some of the fighters are. Yeah, yeah. It was supposedly much harder to program for the 3D than the PlayStation. I think if you knew how yeah. to do it, you could get pretty good results, but it was very, very difficult. That's why it's only yeah. been sort of cracked recently, hasn't it? Uh, say again, um, sorry? That's why it's only just sort of recently been um, sort of uh, reverse oh, engineered, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, it has, quite, yeah. It was quite a year or two ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I think it, there's been... You've been able to get mod chips and stuff for yeah. it for a while to, to run unsigned code and things, but I think yeah. that the recent... Um, I say recently, say I think it was about a year ago. I think yeah. the guy managed to crack it using just a, um, a like a plug-in cartridge. It was a video just... port at the back or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I've it was something like that, YouTube wasn't it? I didn't, it, yeah. didn't look a great deal into it purely because, mm. like I said, I mean, there's been it's quite an easy console to to sort of import for now these days, yeah. you know. So I think that the, the hacks come a, a little bit too late, but I mean, it's it's never too it's never too late to get mm. more people interested in in import gaming and stuff, though. Yeah, so. yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's an amazing little machine, it's very mm. underappreciated. Oh uh, yeah, it is definitely. And then after that, I I still didn't want to go for a PlayStation, so I went with the N sixty four. And I, I really like that actually. I was t- I was um, taken with that by um, my friend who had um, Diddy Kong Racing, mm. and I, I I really liked that game. And uh, it, it made me just want to buy an A64, so I, I used my birthday money in '98, I think it was, um, to get it and Diddy Kong Racing. And then I, I yeah, I really liked that console. I had, um, you know, I think Rare, the company, were, were sort of king of that console. So um, a lot of my favourite games were Rare, like Goldeneye, Banjo Kazooie, um, and Diddy Kong Racing as well. Happier days for Rare. Happier days, definitely. Yeah, well, that was their prime days, really, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a pre-Microsoft era. Yeah, before they made them do Kinect games and stuff. And then, yeah. Yeah. The avatars. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I moved on to the Dreamcast. Stick stuck with Sega. Yeah, speaking Sega. of underappreciated consoles. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe uh, you used to make fun of me for having a Dreamcast, didn't you? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring that <laughs> up. <laughs> I was intending to. Yeah, and then I think the only way I got you to stop doing it was lending you a wrestling video. Do you remember that? I don't remember that, no. I think, I, I, unless I'm mistaken, I think I agreed to lend you a wrestling video on the 
uh, under the condition that you would stop making fun of me for having a Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you did as well. To be, yeah, I think so. And you did as well, to be fair. I think we came, became good friends after that. But before, we were sort of enemies, weren't we? Yeah, we were a bit, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it's just kids in school, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just the way we're... we're I forgot about that. What, <laughs> you know, what, what video was that? Oh, God, I don't know. I think it was... Do you know what? Actually, I think... It might have been Best of Raw, the Best of Raw Volume One. Um, possibly, yeah. I think it was some sort of compilation, weirdly. Like, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, how weird. I got it. Uh, yeah, the the memory is clearing now. Yeah, mm. but a Best of Raw Volume One. I'm sure it was. Ah, okay. We should do Which a wrestling. Good. We good should do a wrestling episode sometime. Yeah, yeah, um, we should actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm way out of touch with wrestling. Uh, now. Me I only too. Keep oh up God, with me it, too. Sort of tangentially, the the WWE Network. It's helped a bit, but it, we're getting off topic. But it annoys me that they don't have SmackDown and Raw on there. So I, you know, it's okay having the pay per views, but if you haven't got the storylines in the run up to it, it's a bit less. Because oh, right. I, funny you should say that, I totally got into WWE Network a few, couple of months ago, and I mm. signed up for the free trial. And because I'm stingy, I tried to get as much out of it as I could. So I went back and like watched all these old Raws from like the late '90s and early noughties and just yeah. crammed as many of them as I could in. Before the before the end of the trial period, it's a uh, really good server. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's really it's I'm so really impressed good. by it. It's got literally everything on it. I know, yeah. Apart every pay per view. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So they the, doing uh, Raw and the only thing missing is if they could get the weekly Raw and SmackDown on there. It's funny because they were they were on there when I was doing it. I'm sure they had the current ones. They only just stopped. No, doing No, they're on there, but they're I think they're four weeks behind what's oh, live on the television. Okay. okay. But it's something to do with the, the contracts they've got with the, the network television uh, in America okay. or something. I guess that kind of makes sense in an yeah. annoying sort of way. But anyway, that's that's. But yeah, topic. I forgot. I forgot all about that. That's amazing. Yeah, we mm. you did get a bit of stick for having a Dreamcast, didn't you? I think that yeah. was like old school console wars oh, mentality God, yeah, in the yeah. playground. Yeah, but I think you um, you came around to Dreamcast in the end, didn't you? Oh, I did. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's such a good console. It's, um, yeah, it was the um, definitely underappreciated in its time, but now again, like the Saturn, it's got such a a strong following now, isn't it, really? Well, I mean, there's still people putting out, you know, published, printed, know. It's you know, games. It's 2018, and people have still got yeah. games coming out. And um, have you seen uh, the Dream Pie? The yeah. Um, the software for the Raspberry Pi that you can you, you allows you to get it back online. You can still play network yeah. games with people. And I know that's incredible. It's incredible. It? Oh, the the amount of work that people are putting into that console and it's still is is astounding. Yeah. It just shows how much potential it had, really. Oh, it's so did, sad yeah. that it went before it did. And it shines so brightly when it did. The, the number of quality games it produced at the, when it, in like the year or two that it was out was incredible. Yeah, it so really is. I, I, I still hold out the tiniest little bit of hope, as futile as it may be, that, that Sega will one day get back into the hardware <laughs> game. And, and I know, you know. I, think, I think we all do, but uh, it wouldn't be the same Sega anymore, though, would it, to be fair? I don't think... I, I don't know. I don't know. They still got the, you know, the big names out there are still making games. You know, we've still got we got Shenmue three on the way. True, yeah. You know, all, all the big Sega guys are still out there in, in yeah. development. So, you know, I'm not, yeah, it could get the get the band back together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. No, and I'd love it to happen. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Sega just made a proper comeback and did things the way they used to. You know, yeah. be brilliant. Um, yeah, so Dreamcast, following that, um, Xbox original, um, GameCube. I still, <laughs> at, at this point, I'm, 
I, I actively don't like Sony because I see them as knocking Sega out of the, the console <laughs> business. So I was like, the, honestly, the PS4 is the is the only, is the first time I've had a current PlayStation. The old the rivalries time. never die. No, I finally just let the rivalry down now. Um, but yeah, I had a, a Xbox, GameCube, then a 360, Wii, Wii U. Um, and now a PS4 and a Switch, and I got. You've always, it seems like you've you've backed the underdogs a lot of the time. That I, I yes, I do tend to go for the underdogs. I don't know why. I think it just happens like that. I don't necessarily yeah. do it deliberately, but generally speaking, I, I have often favoured the underdog. Yeah. I've always kind of thought of the original Xbox as a, a spiritual successor to the Dreamcast. Sort of. A lot of the games sort of moved over to the. Um, a lot of the, the games Xbox. did. Yeah, I think there was a, a Jet of... Set Radio sequel, wasn't there? There was. Um, yeah. Crazy Taxi. Uh, crazy Taxi. There's a Panzer Dragoon on it. That's crazy. Yeah, Panzer Dragoon Auto. Um, yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, a lot of yeah, them did. But, you know, I had the um, expansion ports on the the console, on the mm. the controllers. I had the online play. Mm. Um, yes. You it know, was... it felt to me, uh, you know, uh, kind of like I say, a spirit, spiritual successor, or what might have been had the Dreamcast continued to evolve. Yeah. And it's a good you way know, of looking that at it. Same sort of spirit. I think. Well, they had that connection with Microsoft anyway, because they had. Is it Windows CE built in, yeah. the, in the Dreamcast? So yeah, yeah, it makes sense that they sort of moved on and just um, made games for the Xbox, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and um, yeah, and I finally got a PS4, let the rivalry go down, um, and then I, I got a PS2 retrospectively just uh, two or three years ago, I think. And then because when all the games are cheap, they're dirt cheap now. I just filled up. My, it's like my second biggest library of games now, just because they're so cheap. Definitely, <laughs> the, the the PS2 and the Wii. Uh, yeah. You know, if there's a time, if you you're looking to get into building a library, the oh, PS2 God. and the Wii are the, oh, the God, ones to so look at cheap. at the moment. I think you can it's pick ridiculous. up some really good games for next to nothing. Yeah, Xbox Original as well. Xbox very very original, very yeah. very cheap. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm, I, I pick the most of the games that I pick up now um, are the, for those consoles, really, because they just yeah. I, I just go into CEX and I just come away with three games, you know, yeah. every time I go in. <laughs> I haven't played any of them yet, of course. <laughs> that'll uh, that'll come eventually when I'm retired. I expect my thumbs don't work anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's. Um, I mean, you're, you're quite you're a bit of a collector of older. Games, aren't you? Do you have quite? I'd you have say a fair so. Bit? Not as you know, I'm, I'm not sort of hard as hardcore collecting as, as some people. Mm. Um, I don't do any of the, you know, try to get the whole, you know, whole libraries no. or anything. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's. Um, I mean, fair play to people who do it, and it's really impressive. But there's a there's a slippery slope there, isn't there? That you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if it, I mean, you've got to be very sure that you're going to go collecting for their own their own sort of reasons and everyone gets yeah. their own thing out of it i think but yeah um for me it's kind of like like if you collect vinyl for instance or you collect cds yeah um the aim is never just to get every record ever released or every cd ever released you know mm. is to build a library of, of albums that mean something to you or yeah. or hold an interest for you in some way or a curious or just you know it's about picking a collection that that means something to you i think and um, that that's kind of my my sort of philosophy for it so it's never mm. you know i i don't go for the people are probably get very angry with me sometimes but you know i'll, I'll buy a sealed game and just open it straight away i'm not into the whole yeah. keeping sealed games on the shelf i think yeah. you know a game needs to be played so 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's My good, yeah. copy of Knuckles Chaotix on the 32X, I got mm. that brand new and sealed. Did you? Um, and yeah, first thing I did was just opened and played within <laughs> like, a, like 10 minutes of arriving. <laughs> Is that quite? Uh, I think three two X is generally quite expensive, isn't it? Because it wasn't very successful. Um, it is quite, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. again in, in the in terms of in the leagues of super collecting. I mean, it's it's chump no, change. Yeah. But I, I think I paid about one hundred and fifty for it, and I think okay. it's gone up since then. So yeah. I mean, that's a lot wow. of money for me. Yeah, um, it's very very rare I get that much to to spend oh, on a, God, a yeah. single game. Yeah, I mean, I think my most expensive game. And I didn't pay any nowhere near this. This was Burning Rangers with a Saturn. Oh, oh uh, we got to do an episode on that at some point. Yeah, do you have that? I have, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, we could do that totally. Um, I haven't played it much recently. I played it, I got it in about 2005, I think, for, mm. I don't think any more than about £25. And that's worth at least... A, a lot more than £25. About, at least 100 I would say, isn't it? Easily, Last time I yeah. Came. Yeah, that's... that's that makes me feel quite good, but yeah. uh, other than that, I'm not really a, a collector of <clears throat> sort of expensive games or anything like that. I've, no, um, I've kind of only, I kind of only got into it in the last two or three years, um, and I've just sort of I mainly just pick up games that I quite like the look up that are fairly cheap, or games that I played you know, or always wanted to play back in the day and I never did. I've been trying yeah. to pick those up, even if they're a little bit more pricey, but not like too pricey, no more than like twenty quid or anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't have like loads of games, but I've got. I, I try to focus on the games that I really want in each. Yeah, so it's the same with me, really. I mean, yeah. you know, you see these YouTube videos; they got you know guys with like rooms floor oh, to God. ceiling of, oh. of games all sort of super organized and yeah. you know it's it's not like that at all it's it's a yeah. very modest collection by sure. by sort of internet standards but you know it means a lot to me and i think yeah. that's 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 the important thing i mean other people might look at it and think well what's he care about all these you know all these old games for you know the some of these games aren't even, you know, very good. They might say, um, but to me, you know, it, it, it's just a collection that means something to me. It's, you know, some of these games I've had since I was a kid as well. You know, so oh, some of these were my granddad's old Commodore games. Oh, so you know, yeah. I've kept, and you know, so I think that's that's the thing with collecting. It has to it has to mean something to you personally. Definitely, that's a, there's a personal element. I've actually um, got almost all of the stuff I originally had as a kid still. Wow. Uh, I'm looking over at it now, um, and yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and almost everyone says that they, they you know, they traded their consoles in. To, and to be fair, that means you play more games that way because you get, you know. And I, I'm afraid I did the same thing. You know, when yeah. when you're younger and you ain't got a job and you're at school yeah. or college, you know, it's the only way to get new games. I it? totally understand that, but for, for, but for me, I'm like a hoarder, and I like to hang on to things, even if they don't mean anything to me anymore. I find it very difficult to let go of stuff. Yeah. So I've kept almost everything. The only thing I, well, there's a couple of things, but one of the main things I don't have is my original Game Boy, and that is because that's only because I traded it to you remember Martino. Tino? I do, yeah. I've traded it to him for and two games, Mario Land and Tetris, for Sonic One and Streets of Rage Two, which you know is a fair deal. It's a fair deal. It's not I like it was, it's not like yeah. it's got something rubbish for it, but I did regret no. it, and I did as much as I love those games, I did miss my Game Boy, even though I hadn't played it much. <laughs> I just hated not having it anymore. However, when I went to ask for it, ask him for it back, his brother was playing Mario Land, he died, 
and he's an idiot. He headbutted the screen and completely smashed it, apparently. No way. So, yeah. Oh, oh, I was so pissed off. Um, but yeah, I did get the games back, at least. But, uh, yeah, it, it bothers me to this very day, that does. Oh, do, you still, do you still speak to Martino? Not very often, no. Um, he wishes me a happy birthday every year on Facebook. And oh, I, I do, yeah, I do the same to him if I remember, which I often don't, sadly. Sorry, Tino. Um, but, Is he likely to listen to this? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, maybe. You never know. So if we took the mick out of uh, the Sonic level names he came up with that time, he's not likely to hear that. I don't remember those. Go on. Enlighten me. <laughs> do, you, do you not remember Cloud Climax? Oh, God, that one, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. We were, coming, we were trying to make a game, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I got quite. Oh God, yeah. The game, if I remember, <laughs> the game was called Any Means it Necessary. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. And it's in Game Maker, like the original. Yeah, Game Maker, game the, like the original. It's like, still going now, isn't it? It's quite. It's maker. quite big now, but yeah, the old original one, that made by the original guy who made it. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. God, that's going back in it. <laughs> anyway. Good <laughs> <what? Good> times. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I've still got all my old. Other than that, and, and a couple of a couple of Mega Drive games that my cousins lost when I lent them all my Mega Drive stuff, which is really annoying as well. Other than those two things, and, and a few games I've traded into CEX that don't really mean much to me. Um, yeah, everything is still there. Amazing. Um, yeah, and I love just looking at it and, and knowing that that's the real that's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, and that's the actual you know the actual Mega Drive that I got you know when I was seven. I can I'm looking at it right now. It's um. It, it, I, you know, I, I totally understand anyone, you know, trading in their consoles and sort of, you know, to, to get new games and stuff. I totally get that. But yeah. I just happened that I just didn't really want to do that. Um, no, it is. It, is, and, 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 it, is, it means something more when it's your original it stuff. Does, it does. And it does mean that I've played less games and that does bother me. And I'm, I'm trying to get through as many games that I've missed now as I as I possibly can, given my time constraints. And that, that bothers me. But at least but I, I do... You know, console myself with the fact that I've still got, I'm still hanging on. I will not be clutching them, you know, as I, you know, in my grave, I expect. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember? I can't remember what game it was. Was it, was it Lethal Enforcers or Sunset Riders? When you kill the guy at the end and he goes, Mm. bury me. Yes, bury me with my money. money. Yes, he does. He does. That'll be you. But bury me with my games. Bury me with my consoles yeah totally <laughs> okay well i think that's that kind of sums up you know our history quite well don't you think yeah um uh, the next thing i thought we could do is just sort of each of us run through five games slash franchises um it doesn't even have to be the top five just uh five examples that we that are, mean a lot to us yeah. You know, that have sort of made us the gamers that we are today. To yeah, okay. Um, uh, shall I start? Yeah, please do. Okay, I think you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say here. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a fair <laughs> idea. Yeah, it's um it's um it's Sonic the Hedgehog, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, I've got um. Yeah, I am a, a massive Sonic fan. Um, and it, yeah, it all started on that moment. I said I mentioned earlier in '93 when I saw, and I think I just, I think that just sort of took me away. And I thought, yeah, that's what I want, you know. 
Um, it's it, those four original games. I'll probably focus on them just for the purpose of this because I could go on this whole podcast about the whole series, to be honest. But um, you know, because they're the they're the iconic ones: Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic Three, and Sonic and Knuckles, all for the Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, it, they're so sort of ingrained in me, like I know them so well that it's very difficult to to articulate exactly what it is I like about them. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's almost like breathing or eating. You know, I, I could I could just I I regularly play them just while having a full on conversation with my wife without even sort of stop to think what am I doing now? I just know exactly what's coming. It's just up. muscle memory. Yeah, and those are pretty much the only games I can do that with. Some of the later ones as well to some extent, but. That's those. There's not many other games I can do that with that I know so well. Um, and I think it's it's a lot of it's a combination. I just uh, obviously the character is extremely likable, um, as has, has lasted very you know so long. Um, it, I think for me a, a lot of the appreciation comes down to the levels and the the level design. And for me, more so than any sort of character or plot line, they are the stars, particularly of those games the levels themselves yeah i think if you compare them to say to mario and i'm as a sonic fan i'm not i'm not anti-mario in any way i, I do like mario a lot and uh, what what they do is sort of they'll have a level and they'll um introduce a gimmick in the level and they'll sort of really play with it and you'll get to play with them with that gimmick sort of several times and they'll really build on it and they're great at that you know great at sort of pushing the boundaries that, that, you know, each new gimmick they introduce, but they don't tie them to the levels as such. You know, it's like World One, World Two. They're all kind of like you know your standard, your green sort level of variations your... on a theme. Yeah, they're every time they do it, particularly the two D ones. They're very much you know here's your mushroomy level, here's your ice level, here's your you know your jungle level, etc. Yeah, I mean, Sonic is is obviously based originally on those sorts of tropes, but the levels are so have so much identity to them that they, I don't know, they just really stand out to me. They've always been something that I've been enamoured with. And when I played those original Mega Drive games, I wasn't necessarily very good at them. I I would just sort of sit and watch my friends play them, or I would sit and play as Tails, you know, quite often. And when I when it came down to me sitting there and playing them properly, I couldn't, more often than not, I couldn't do them very well. Um, but I think it is still, maybe it's the fact that I wasn't able to play them so much. But it's just that, like the the levels themselves. I don't know. It's bit, uh, first of all, they have their own names. <laughs> they have yeah. their own music that's only used in that stage. They have their own selection of sort of objects, gimmicks, and enemies. If you look, if you take those four games, if you look at the the number of the, the objects that are used throughout the whole game, it's what like s- rings, springs, spikes, checkpoints, item boxes. boxes yeah. That's about it. Everything else, including the enemies, are all custom made for those levels. Um, That's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just that; it's a structure as well. Like, look how different Green Hill Zone is from Marble Zone in the original yeah. game. You know, Green Hill is your standard sort of just leg it, your your sort of typical Sonic level, your perfect Sonic level, where you just keep running, and it's the perfect, you know, um, showcase for for it. But then you've got Marble Zone, which is much more like a normal platformer. It's much more slower paced, and um, yeah, if you 
it's part. I think it's part of the reason why they keep bringing them back. We've talked about this recently. They keep bringing them back in the more recent games, like these same levels, because it's partly because they have so much identity and they have so much familiarity to people. Like um, you know, Chemical Plant keeps getting brought back a lot because people. It's a very notorious level for that difficulty spike at the end. Yeah. You know, with the rising water, people know that level. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just something about that. They have so much personality. It's their music as well. I mean, I absolutely love. Sonic music, you know. Yeah, I can hear. Uh, yeah, for, for the the original Mega Drive games, absolutely. Yeah, I can hear a piece of Sonic music separately, and I want to go and play that level, you know. And it, it, a good piece of music can make a good level great, and a great level just like one of the best, you know. Yeah. It really is so important to um to a Sonic. I remember game. back in the day, I um recorded my own cassette tape um, <laughs> Sonic 2 soundtrack and like made a little cover for it. And, oh man, I totally did you know, that as well. I yeah. Did I, I did it with... Know, it's just so addicted to the music as well as the game. Yeah, I did it with Sonic Jam on the Saturn because that had a, um, a sound test where you could just do the all music from all four games. Yeah. I just sort of put one together from that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it was, uh, it's, it's actually sort of dictated my whole taste in music as well. I like, I, you know, it's that sort of, I like melodic, kind of clear, catchy tunes. Uh, I think it all stems from that, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's just it's it's the um, the amount of joy you get from running through a level that you know really well. Like the more you play it, the more you enjoy it. That those games don't need like extra modes, like extra hidden things in the levels, extra time attack modes, because they are inherently replayable. Re- yeah, that's, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, you can just pick it up again and again, and you'll get better and better, and you'll get faster and faster, get get your time down quicker. You, the, there's no way of recording the times in the game, but it, actually, I don't even do that myself. But you could if you want, you know, you could speed run it. Um, you know, it's. It, you can you can hit everything perfectly. You can take every jump. You can hit every enemy, not stop, get every ring, not lose any rings. You know, and it's just it's almost like little challenges for yourself. But it, you get more and more reward the more you do it because it just feels yeah. good. And I think that's that's the other aspect as well because it's backed up by such a good game engine. You know, Yuji Naka made just you know he's my programming hero. He really is because he's just when you look at what was around at the time compared to Sonic. I mean, it, it just in terms of the platform games, it's just it's, it's well, in terms of any really. game, there was nothing yeah. else like it at all. Yeah, it just they they did it so well, didn't they? That first, you know, compared to everything else, they you know they set out to make a, a you know first of all a great character and secondly a great game to to pin it on, and you know they succeeded so well, and it's just uh, yeah, it's it's just it stuck with me really, and I've. I've maintained my love of the whole series through thick and thin, you know. Um, I'm not going to say that every game is amazing, and certainly no. in more recent years. I think at the time, quite often, I, I, I don't know, certain games, you know, I defended that I could, I knew that they weren't that good, but I, I just I was sort of in denial about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought, the, I think these days, the fact that I haven't played those games so much, you know, just says that I can totally see that. Um but, uh, you know, I mean, the, the recent Sonic Mania has just been a phenomenal um, return to glory, really, hasn't it? I have to say, I think looking at your... Because I, I got you on my friends list on Xbox 360. Yeah. And I think I recall seeing that you've got every achievement in Sonic 06. I think you perfected uh, that I, game. I, did, I don't... I, uh, I'm going to call your bluff on that because I don't think I did. Really? 
I think, think you got you got you got. I probably got most, most of them. I, think. I probably got um, most of them. To be fair, you did all the all the all the stories anyway. Yeah, didn't I did you? You all, did the, stories, all yeah. the all the campaigns. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's a feat of endurance, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's uh, that's something else. Oh god, yeah. I mean, I can. I I mean, I knew then. See, the thing is, I was quite hyped for that game. So because, was I. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were, and obviously it was, I knew it was a letdown the moment I started playing it, but I didn't want to admit it to myself. Really, I was sort of in denial I about tried. it. I tried. I yeah. I don't even remember the name of the level, the one where the, the there's lava everywhere and it's like a collapsed city. Uh, flame core, I think that is. Something I know, like I know that. it's terrible. That's that I know I that up. right off the top of my head, but you know. Uh, um, I just I couldn't I couldn't take it and I actually the, my first playthrough of that I got caught by that ring bug the silver ring bug where he goes it's no use oh it's no use oh, and you keep bouncing off the wall I don't I got caught that, by that my very first playthrough oh, really it's not yeah oh it's a, it's a terribly buggy game memory. it's it's um they, they it came out of the oven way too early but it was also yeah. fundamentally flawed as well in many ways as just the engine you know just wasn't very good yeah um, it's a shame it is a shame and. You know, there've been there've been similar disasters, and there've been you know some pretty good games as well. Um, like you say, Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania, absolutely. It's I mean, it's so great that that even exists. To be honest, as an official game, not just yeah. a fan game, because it is a fan game really. But it's, it um, is essentially. You know, uh, the fact that Sega gave that the go ahead and said, "Yeah, okay, you can make a Sonic game." I mean, that's uh, that's brilliant, isn't it? And they've done such a good job with it. Well, I just, I really I so hope that they do a sequel. It would just be brilliant. It'd be criminal if they don't. Oh, oh, they got to, haven't they? I mean, they're they're, they're doing this plus version. They're doing the know, plus they're, version. They're, they're giving it a, a you know a physical release. I think. Yeah. For them to put that much behind it, because I think obviously they didn't have that much faith in it. No. To begin with, which is why it was you know purely digital plus a mm. you know a, an extravagant collector's edition, which you know they know super fans are going to buy anyway. Yeah. Um, but the fact now it's got a standard digital uh, standard physical release um, I think really shows you know they're starting to to put their support behind it a bit more. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean I could carry on with that ages but I think we'll we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't you why don't you go ahead with your first pick? Uh first pick I'm gonna to have to say Sonic as well. Oh really? Um, okay. It sounds yeah, it sounds like a cop out, but I think um, the Mega Drive was the first console that I had that was actually mine. Yeah. Um, you know, we had uh, we did have the Commodore 64. My granddad handed that down to us, um, and but that was more sort of a family. Um, it belonged to the family really. Um, the Mega Drive I got. Um, for Christmas, and I didn't know I was getting it. I didn't ask for it. I did because I didn't I had no idea. Um, it was a complete surprise. Yeah. But I got the Mega Drive for Christmas, and it, it was mine. And one of the games Brilliant. I got with it was Sonic One. Oh, great! Um, and I think you know I was a sort of big Sonic fan at that point anyway. From you know playing it around my granddad's because my granddad had the Mega Drive as well. Oh, you got um, a really cool granddad, by the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like you like you said earlier when you um, you said that when you went to the birthday party mm. and you know it's fair to say that sort of changed your life that moment. Yeah, um, it's the same for me. I think that 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 Saturday morning we went down to my granddad's house oh, well, and yeah. he showed me the the Commodore. Mm. 
you know that you know I had no idea at the time how much that mm. one event would influence yeah my it, entire it, life it from that point on. Sticks with you, isn't it? I wonder if everyone has one of those moments. Or... I think they must. I mean, yeah. whatever you're into. I mean, anyone who's really passionate about a hobby, there's there's got to be one moment they can point back to in their yeah. life where it really just clicked for them, you know, and they yeah. think, you know, this is my thing. This is yeah. this is my thing that I that I like. Mm. Um. Yeah, he, he was he was all into anything sort of gadgety and and tech related. You know, he that's that's what he did. Um, so yeah, I owe I owe a lot to my granddad in terms of you know where I am today, hobby wise and interest wise. It all you know, I owe it all to him really. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick Sonic as my my first one um, for pretty much all the reasons you've said. Um, yeah. I don't want to to you know repeat myself um, or repeat what you've said too much. But um, okay. yeah, it's just a, a series that that holds a a special place in my heart really. Um, yeah. Like you said, there's there's lots of ups and downs with the series, um, but I think on the whole. It's given me more enjoyment than it has disappointment. Um, yeah, I you think know, it, it's, it's just just the fact that all the missteps that it's had over the years, it's a it's a franchise and a name that still holds so much weight with that's people. It. I think is a, a testament to to how special those original games really were. That's the that's the point you have to take away from with Sonic because he's you know there's been so many games that people have said oh this is the last Sonic game you know and he just he keeps bouncing back. Yeah, I mean, it's partly because Sega are still around and it's still their biggest um, franchise, but it's also because of the you know the fans and because mm. Sonic means so much to so many people, whether they're yeah. you know sort of still um, you know diehard fans or people who haven't who sort of dip in and out of the series. Yeah. Um, and, uh, alongside Mario mm. and I don't know maybe something more modern like Master Chief mm. um, he's one of the few characters who could show to complete non-gamers someone who's never picked up a control pad in their life and has yeah. no interest in games and yeah. they'll know who he is yeah definitely uh, you know, he was more recogni- recognisable than Mickey Mouse uh, yeah. in his primes as a, as a sort of famous fact goes yeah um, and yeah that's uh, yeah all that popularity to, to start with has sort of seen him through you know, for quite a, a long time, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. So, okay. Sonic, top of the top of the tree. Okay, well, it's back to me then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so, my next pick is the Legend of Zelda series. Okay. Um, this I I came to Zelda much later than most people. My first game was uh, the Wind Waker on the GameCube. Um, uh, my um, uh, I I saw my cousins playing it. They had it, and um, yeah, I, I I sort of looked at it. I'd, I'd sort of previously dismissed Zelda a little bit on the N64 for probably stupid reasons. I expect I went round my friend's house and he had Ocarina of Time, and um, I, I played it very briefly. And I said, uh, what, what, "What's what's the jump button?" And um, he said, "There is no jump button." I said, "What a 3D." platform without a jump button well, it's obviously it isn't a 3d platformer it's a um it's an action rpg and you don't really need to jump anywhere you just you just go to the edge of a, a platform and, and it'll jump off automatically but that for some reason just for some stupid reason that just put me off the <laughs> i don't know why it's really really dumb but yeah i, I returned to the series um uh, on the gamecube and uh, yeah i loved it i absolutely fell in love with this this game that i you know couple of months earlier i wouldn't have batted an eyelid at but 
it's um it's an action rpg there's no uh, leveling up there's no stats uh anything like that it's it's very simple it's very accessible um uh, the i've played uh, most of the 3D games. I haven't played a lot of the 2D top-down ones. The only one I've played is the Game Boy Advance one. Um, but I've played uh, Wind Waker, Ocarina, uh, Twilight Princess, uh, Skyward Sword, and the new one, Breath of the Wild. Um, and they're all kind of laid out in the same sort of way. Um, the good thing about the series is if you've never played it before, you can jump in literally anywhere because they don't really continue on from each other in any way that is important. Yeah. The general idea is that um, every 10,000 years, this, this evil demon called Ganon comes back and sort of does what evil demons do, tries to take over the world and stuff. He looks and, like a pig. Yeah, he does look like a pig, yeah. And he sort of, he'll either appear in that form or he'll take the, the form of a, or sort of a, a human-ish kind of person. Um and every generation that this happens in, there's a there's a Link and there's a Zelda, and they've got to stop him, or Link has got to save Zelda, or whatever, you know. Um, and it happens in different ways, but it's all kind of the same thing. And there's a very convoluted timeline in which the games happen in the, not in the order in which they were released. Um, and it gets very convoluted, like an Ocarina of Time has a time travel element, and there's different strands that come from that, depending on whether you did something in the past or whatever, supposedly. But it's all kind of theoretical. So it doesn't really matter, but it's kind of in that in the as you get more and more into Zelda, you sort of find out more about it. But um, yeah, I, they're just really good games. They are um, you, you're generally in sort of an open world, usually a Hyrule field, um, and there's there's various different uh, villages and things, and you go and talk to people like a normal RPG really, and you've got little quests and stuff, and then uh, you go into the dungeons, and this is for me, this is where the where the game really kicks off because um, you'll, you'll go down a, a path and you enter a, a big room and there'll be like one path in that room, one door that's open, all the rest are locked. You go down there, you know, you do a couple of puzzles, you find a couple of bad guys, you flip a switch, that will open another door in that in that main room. You go back and you don't do the same in that new door and then you'll come around and you come out somewhere else in the main room. <clears throat> and it's that sort of layout, this 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 sort of quite open but very well-structured layout of a dungeon that works really well. And then you'll fight a mini-boss, and the mini-boss will give you um, a new... If you beat him, he'll give you a new weapon, like a bow and arrow or like a grapple gun or something like that. And then you can go back into the room and you can access areas that you couldn't access before in order to progress through the dungeon. Yeah. Um, and it's just that, that really nice design... Uh, that I really, really like. It's similar to... I, I'm a big fan of like level structure and like level design and like really appreciating that kind of thing. So like I said with Sonic earlier. Um, and I think that's what that's one of the things I like most about it. And there's many other things as well, but I, I'm trying to think about what what I take away from it, and that's one of the things. Um, we'll have to do a Zelda on the show as well, because to mm. my shame, I've never actually played I, yeah, a Zelda I, game. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're a big commitment. They're like 40 hours each. Ish, mm. so uh, yeah, we might have to do that in the back. I mean, we might have to do it in the background while we do other things, I guess. Yeah. But um, I, I, I totally recommend you get into them because they are so good. They really are. There's a reason that Ocarina of Time is, is often voted one of the best games of all time. Um, and it's just, I mean, that's one of the most per, sort of perfect ones in terms of its 
uh, it's perfect Zeldaness in a way, because a lot of the others they're they're just as good, but you know they'll Wind Waker for instance is set on water and you just sort of sail everywhere, which I really like actually. Um, and then it was quite divisive, one wasn't it? When it was. I, I think it was just the style of it because it was the first yeah. game I played. It wasn't it didn't bother me. It was all cell shaded. It was all cell shaded, and they were very different looking characters. There's been a couple of games in that sort of lineage as well in the DS, I believe. Excuse me. Um, but um, yes, it was divisive. But I think every, a lot of people realised it was still a core quality game underneath it, and the visuals, you know, they were just. They were inconsequential to the gameplay, I think, in many ways. Um, so all the, the games up until Breath of the Wild, the new one, have that sort of structure whereby you have to do it in a linear order, pretty much. There's side quests and stuff, and there's other things to do, but you, in order to progress through the story, it's very linear. Breath of the Wild um, totally changed all that. You tend to, you kind of do the same sort of thing. You solve puzzles, you go into little dungeons, and you fight creatures, and you talk to people and stuff. It's still the same sort of thing. But it's so much more open, and uh, it—I uh, honestly don't can't choose which I like better because it was—I was kind of unsure about it at first because it looked like they were changing so much. And I thought oh, I'll give it a go. But I don't think I'll like it, but I end up absolutely loving this game. I played it last year on the Wii U, um, and it was—it it was quite—it was—it was sort of a perfect storm really because. I uh, previous prior to that I'd been suffering from this eye condition. I've kind of remember telling you about it, where my yeah, eyes hurt that. all the time, and I couldn't. For like a year and a half, this went on for pretty much, and I found it very difficult to play games, which is really annoying. I just, I just got into like going back and getting all these games and getting getting really into playing games and discovering new games I hadn't played before, and it, this eye thing, oh god! But uh, it turned out to be some sort of myobionitis, I think it's called things like a blepharitis thing anyway and I managed to get antibiotics for it and this this was at the time where they were just healing up this game came out my little girl had been born quite recently and she wasn't sleeping on her own and she she had to just like sleep me and Abby my wife used to have to take turns in in staying up with her all night so I'd stay up from like 8 till 3 and 3 a.m and then she'd take over and I'd get a lion so my eyes are back working again I've got my little baby sleeping on me. I've got nothing else to do for like in, in the whole evening other than play this amazing game. And I just had a blast with it every night for like two or three hours. I just and this, you know, I put like fifty or sixty hours into this game over the course of about a month. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. And it's um, it's different in the sense that it's a lot more like Skyrim or like an open world kind of thing. You do like a little tutorial thing at first, which tells you everything you need to know about the game, and then after that. You, the whole world is open to you. You can do pretty much anything you want in any order. The final boss is there, and you can even go straight to him and have a go at him if you want. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, you'll probably get creamed because you haven't got enough health or anything or any good weapons. But you can. The fact that you can do that is just awesome. And you can do the dungeons in any order you want. You can. There's so many little mini dungeons in there that you can, you can improve, improve your health and your stamina on. There's, there's so many more weapons than there are normally. It's like, normally it's like a linear pro progression and you have to get each weapon. This time you can get whatever you want at any point. Um, and just the freedom. It's one of those times, one of those games where you, when you're away from it, you spend a lot of time thinking, oh, tonight I'm going to go home and play and do this bit and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. There's so many different things you can do at any one time rather than a linear game where you don't know what's coming up because you're only doing the thing that you're doing at the moment. You can't really think about it too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah, it was just yeah. But they're all good. They're all they're all great games. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to to catch up with them. Ah, uh, yeah, I can't tell you how good they are. They're really really good. I think you'll like them. I think you will. But it is yeah, a, commi- it is I a commitment. Yeah, I probably will because I I do like I do like role playing games. I'm not. Mm. You know, again, I'm not. There's some people who are like really, really into role-playing yeah. games, and yeah. um, I wouldn't say I'm anything like that. But I, you know, I do really enjoy role-playing games. Oh, yeah. It is. It's a much more accessible one than most role-playing games because you yeah. don't have those stats. You don't have because that's what often puts me off about those those kind of games. I get they can buried be in that. There's a, it's very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't complicated at all. Even Breath of the Wild, really, not in that sense. You know, you can. Uh, and it's yeah, they're just amazing games. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Your go. Okay. Um, I'm going to choose Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I thought you might. As my. As a feeling, this is one of your your favourite franchises. I've never played a Metal Gear Solid game. Metal Gear Sonic game. Metal Gear Solid game. <laughs> yeah. See, you, you've missed out on Metal Gear. I've missed out on yeah. on Zelda. It's, well, it's, that's. It's, going to be plenty of opportunities for us to sort of fill the gaps in our knowledge here Definitely. I and I do want to get into Metal Gear Solid um, but I'll let you talk about it first um, I think it was just it's just unlike any other game that I played um, I mean obviously like most people certainly in the west uh, my first introduction to, to the Metal Gear series was Metal Gear Solid on the Playstation mm. um, you know there, there were other games before that but um, certainly in Europe, I don't think anyone had ever heard of them. Um, someone, there might have been a few people who had a, the, the original Nintendo version, um, but as a rule, no one had heard of it. So, yeah. for for my perspective, it was this, this game that had come out of nowhere, um, and it's just a completely. I don't really know how to 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 describe it. It was a game that showed me something that games could be more than what I thought they were up to that point. Yeah. Um, it's a very complex sort of political storyline um, about anti-nuclear pro- proliferation. Um, loads of twists and turns in the story. There's these really outlandish characters. Um, and But all like there's a, there's a character who's um, a psychic who wears a gas mask to block out other people's thoughts mm. and he floats around and there's a, a guy with a, a raven tattoo on his head that comes to life and there's all these really bizarre characters but it's, it all takes place in a very real world kind of setting and yeah. it's done in such a way that the characters don't feel ridiculous they don't feel you don't think like if you described it on paper you think well, a raven tattoo that comes to life is ridiculous mm. but in the context of the world that it presents it all it all makes sense it all fits right and like i say that the story is very very deep compared to other games that were around at the time um it's very very text heavy very um there's lots of dialogue and cutscenes. I mean, some of the cutscenes famously go on for like 15 minutes of, <laughs> of just straight talking sometimes. Um, and there is a lot of filler towards the end of the game. Um, the end of the game makes you backtrack almost to right, right to the beginning of the game and all the way back again several times um, with a very flimsy excuse for doing so. It's obviously <laughs> just to pad out the length of the game. But yeah. um, on the whole, it's just... Yeah, it's just it was nothing uh, completely unlike anything I played to that point. Mm. Um, and Metal Gear Solid 
two um, on the that was on the the PlayStation two. Mm. Um, I don't want to spoil it in case you ever 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 play it. I do have um, it actually. I picked it up for about fifty p. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> naturally. So I, I picked it up, and I probably I will get around to it. I think or some version of it. But yeah, go on. I'd recommend playing Metal Gear Solid One first. Yeah. Um, because not only that it sets up the the you know the the universe and the story and what's going on, um, but also the way Metal Gear Solid Two completely messes with your expectations mm. will be much more impactful if you've if you've played the first and you've got into the first one. Okay. Um, it does some really controversial things. Right. Um, that are, you know very like we were saying with Zelda um, with Wind Waker being quite divisive. Metal Gear Solid Two was incredibly divisive right, at the time because. Okay. Um, it just pulls a few things out of its pocket that you completely go against what you expect it to do. Okay. Um, but the overall very effect is, is yeah. really, really special. Yeah. Cool. Um, and again, yeah, the third game wasn't as important to me in terms of, uh, you know, because I, t- I, I played Metal Gear Solid at that point. It had that initial impact on me, so I knew what to expect a little bit going in. Mm. Um, but it still has some really, really neat moments in there. Um, there's a, a boss fight in Metal Gear Solid 3 um, where it's affected by how many people you've you've killed throughout the game up to that point Uh, because you can play the game you've got freedom to um go through the game all guns blazing if you want to or you can try and stealth your way through and not get spotted and Mm. you know that's the preferred way of doing things but if you go through and just kill people and you know everyone you've harmed up to that point they their spirit essentially comes back to haunt you through this through this <laughs> boss fight um and up to that point you've just you know if you've just been playing it like a normal game and you've just been oh yeah this is a bad guy kill him he's out of the way kill him he's out of the way you know you're forced to confront the reality of you know these are people that you've killed mm. You know, they're not just characters in the game. These are actual, you've hurt these people. Mm. And you're forced to confront that. And you, you can't progress until you sort of, you've, you face this, this sort of realization. And it's just, it's got loads of really neat ideas like that. And there's, there's another bit in, in, uh, in the game where if you save it at a certain point and reload it, it will take you into um, Snakes, the, the character, main character in the mm. game, was um, Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, into his, you know, it's like a dream he's having, but it plays like a completely different game. But it doesn't telegraph that he's doing that at all. You just load up the game and suddenly you're playing something completely different. Like, <laughs> What's going on with this? What's I, happening? I've heard that there's a lot of things that mess around with, with with your expectations like that. there's some sort of memory card thing was it in the first one where that's pretend, in the first one yeah there's your some memory really card? good there was some really good stuff with the the memory cards yeah. and um at the time the dual shock pad had just been launched by sony with the the, the force feedback motors in the yeah. joypad yeah um and it does some really neat tricks with the um uh, the joypad, the psychic character, Psychomantis, will instruct you to put your joypad on the floor so he can demonstrate his psychic powers. And it will make the joypad shake and sort of jump around on the floor. And he acts <laughs> like he's sort of moving it with his mind and things like That's that. So so it's, clever, it, 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 yeah, it, it just plays amazing. with, you know, like I say, what, what you expect a game to be and what you, what you think a game can be. Yeah. Um, and basically all of them, I think the only one of the series that I didn't really 
connect with was Metal Gear Solid 5, um, okay. The Phantom Pain, which is uh, sort of PS3, PS4, um, Xbox 360, Xbox One, mm. and PC as well, I think. So you can get it on sort of any any modern system from the, from the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, that one just didn't didn't connect with me as much, and I don't know why. A lot of people say it's the best one, but um, if you were going to start, I would say if you only played if you only played one of them out of the whole series, I would mm. say go with your Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. And really. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a very important series to me. I wanted to ask you, um, I, I've been sort of, I think I mentioned to you before, I've been getting into um, emulation a bit more, and um, mm-hmm. I've got my Dolphin, the GameCube and Wii emulator. Once I get my good graphics card, I'll be, be a bit more into it. I found um, there's a version of 1 and 2 called Twin Snakes for the GameCube. Have you played that? Yes. Would you say that's worth doing over the original? No. Really? It's 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 an interesting game. It's it's re, it's done by um, Silicon Knights, who did Eternal Darkness. Right. And it's kind of it's not really a remake. It's kind of like a reimagining of the the, the story and the main beats of the story mm. are the same, but it's mm. presented in a lot more. It's it's a bit more over the top, a bit more okay. anime style, I would guess. Mm. Uh, I would describe. Not really. I don't really know how to describe it. Like, um, it's more like sort of cartoony, I would say. Okay. Uh, not graphically, but in terms of the way the characters act and the, the action sequences are, yeah, okay. are really sort of over the top and exaggerated. And uh, it's, it's an interesting game to go back to once you've played the originals, but I, I would stick with it. If you were going to sort of get stuck in with Metal Gear, I would, I would start with the, the Metal Gear Solid original okay. on the PlayStation. Okay, that's interesting. I probably will in that case. I was going to just go for that, the Twin Snakes one, because it seemed like you know, um, a good idea. But if you say the original is is the way to go, then the yeah, original is definitely. definitely the way to go. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm, it's on my list. It's quite high on my list actually um, of games to revisit or to, to go to for the first time. Um, so yeah, I, um, I I will be playing that at some point. When cool. I don't know, but I I will. Yeah, it's um yeah, it sounds like a fascinating series. It um, is. I it think is. I think I've often dismissed it as kind of like. Um, you know, just sort of a standard triple A uh, kind of fare, because it's almost like the originator of those kind of s- more serious games, or sort of story, really story-driven games like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it really was. It was on. It was. It was among the first wave of those sort of big blockbuster-type games. Like yeah, that. because prior to that, games were were rare, rarely taken seriously by the yeah. of because partly because of the graphical limitations, you couldn't conduct too much seriousness with. Such limitations, especially on like the 32 um, bit systems. But yeah, I mean that's I've you know I've heard that that's kind of the one of the originators of it, and that's because I I tend to favour games that are less serious. I've often kind of dismissed it, but yeah, what you've described there sounds really really interesting. It's um, it's worth trying. Yeah. It's worth trying. I mean, yeah, it definitely. is one of those games that it's not going to be to everyone's liking. Mm. The, the, you know, it's, there's some people it's just not going to going to click with at all. But I think it's a game you'll know within the first hour or two whether it's going to be something okay. something you like. And it's a relatively short game. I mean, you, once you know what you're doing, you could probably play through it in sort of five or six hours. I mean, okay. for, that's quite good. But yeah. sort of 
first time playing and not using any walkthroughs. I think mm. you know eight hours or nine hours and, and you're done. Really, it's a, it's a fairly it doesn't yeah. overstay its welcome. That's good. Yeah, that's one of the things I find about looking at a lot of modern games. You you look, oh, I'll get into that game and uh, someone says, oh yeah, it's a forty hour epic, and I thought, oh, where am I going to find forty hours? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> every, every every game seems to be in forty hours. Well, it's always forty. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's weird, <laughs> isn't it? It is. It's odd. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I, I, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. I think uh, the original version, as you say, you've changed my mind definitely. Um, okay, um, yeah, if you're if you're if you're done, I'll move on to my next pick. Um, so my third pick, I think, is going to be um, Banjo Kazooie on the NC4. Oh yeah, yeah, I mentioned it briefly earlier. You um, did, yeah. Yeah, the, as I said earlier, the the rare was was on fire on the on the N64, and um I, I think Banjo, for me, kind of represents probably my favourite game uh, um, at the time, certainly. Um, and it was just... I don't think prior to that I had such a sort of a big adventure with a game as as, as Banjo. I think that's why it sticks in my mind so much. Um, it's kind of... I, I, I'm guessing it's kind of the originator of the collectathon um, in many ways. I can't think of a, 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 a one that's that... A game that's that's that got that kind of gameplay before Banjo, yeah. and, and I use Collectathon positively. A lot of people use it negatively. I it is sort of pejorative these days, isn't it? But yeah, I mm. know what you mean. I because I, I don't think there's any right thing wrong with. I mean, to be fair, there's I think there's a lot more to the game than just running around collecting stuff. Anyway, um, have you played it? I have, yeah. You have. Okay. I, I've never played it to completion, but I've, I've put a few hours. In okay, I've completed it. I know. Tw- oh, I say that I didn't complete it the first time on the N64, but I think I completed it when it was re-released on the 360. Um, and But I got all, almost all the all the jigsaw pieces in both occasions. I don't think I've ever got 100, all 100 of them. Uh, anyway, it's... Um, yeah, you play as a bear called Banjo with a bird called Kazooie on, on, on his back, in the backpack. Um, your, your sister has been kidnapped by the evil witch Gruntilda for her amazing beauty, apparently. And Gruntilda's rather an ugly person. She's rather jealous of it, so she steals um, your sister. And, uh, uh, yeah, you, what follows is uh, an adventure through Gruntilda's lair, um, which sort of acts as the overworld for the game. And it's made up of various kind of tunnels and, um, you know, area rooms that lead into larger worlds, the levels of the game. And I think there's nine... Uh, worlds and in the nine worlds you collect ten jigsaw pieces in each world and they're very open they're not linear levels at all you go in there you'll see um, and you earn you earn the jigsaw pieces by doing various challenges so you'll see a challenge over there a challenge over there and it's got kind of openness that I really like that sort of as I kind of mentioned it earlier as well you can kind of do anything you want at any at any one time you know so much choice I think that's what I really liked at the time. So, and I love the variety of the challenges. Like one of them will be like a traditional kind of platform affair. Another one might be a little race with a with a character. Um, another one might be kind of a, a matching sequence thing. So, so you've got like a, a I think there was a, at one point there was a big hand playing like a keyboard, and you had to uh, match the the keys and stuff like that. And it's all kinds of things like that that um, just lends the lends so much variety to the gameplay. Um, it's great colors, great characters, great music. Uh, it doesn't take itself seriously, like a lot of Rare games. I think I, I really like that about Rare at that time, particularly, because you can tell that they had fun making them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, same with like things like in Goldeneye, you can see like the, the faces of the guards are clearly like the developers like pulling funny faces, <laughs> and you know the, the voiceovers in a lot of these games are kind of like doing, them doing silly voices and stuff. Like yeah. That. And just like the humor in Banjo is, is great. You know they had, time, they had you can tell they had fun writing those lines. Um, it's just like a really a really kind of warm great kind of adventure i did uh, i did prefer it to mario 64 at the time that's what it was compared to and to be fair it did have mario 64 invented so much to do with the 3d yeah. platformer and you know all they had to do was take that and improve on it so they had a bit of an advantage there but um i never played it at the time i mm. never played it at the time i only played it recently um the rare replay collection. okay yeah on the, the xbox one i played it as part of that and yeah, yeah i can see it uh, because at the time I didn't have an N64, and I mm. only had the the PlayStation, and mm. there weren't many people who had sort of both consoles available. I no, don't think, you know. No. So I, I missed out on on lots of good on lots of good titles on the N64. Mm. Um, but I, I would I think it's one of those games I would have really loved to play at the time. Yeah. I really would have got a lot out of it. Yeah, yeah, it is a really good game. Um, there are there's there's an immediate sequel Banjo Tooie which I haven't I've I played the the demo because that was also re-released on Xbox Live Arcade and I played the demo of that but I never got any further and there's Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts on the 360 mm-hmm. which is um yeah it's kind of a it's a vehicular <laughs> creator yeah. which is an interesting idea but it's nothing to do with with Banjo really uh, and Not I didn't really. I didn't really get on with it. And then there's a spiritual successor more recently, Ukulele. And Ukulele. But, but the problem with all three of those games for me is that they the levels are too big and too sparse in terms of the number of challenges. You really have to l- search for them. You know, I found, yeah. I, I found that. And with Banjo, the original Banjo, it was so you could see them around you. And even if they were a little bit harder to find, you didn't mind doing it because by that point you, you had invested that... so much into it. Yeah, I did find that with ukulele. Yeah, um, me too. Mm. Some of the pages and and collectibles were in such obscure places. Yeah. yeah. It's like you wouldn't... They're not places you would ever stumble across. It's it, You'd only find it through yeah. just absolute exhausting every That's possible right. place there could be something on there. It wasn't... You know, I mean... It's okay to hide things and make them difficult to find, but uh, there has to be an element of fairness. You have to be able to work out where they would be yeah. rather than just sort of process of elimination, I think. You didn't really have to go too far into the game before that became a problem either. That's the other No. Thing. I don't mind that being a problem at the very end of the game because you kind of expect it a bit. But I, I only got, I think, 42 or 43 pages out of 145, I think there are. Yeah. And I just, I was really struggling to find any more after that. Um... And uh, I mean, I think some people would like that, like that real hunt for it. But I think, I think, I totally appreciate what they do, and I love the the humor in it. Is great, even better than Banjo. I think that I think some of the the lines in that game were fantastic, really, really funny game. But I think they almost took the gameplay too far. They almost ran, I don't know. They they took the ideas and um, just pushed it a little bit too far in terms of just the size of the levels and how much they're crammed into them. It's almost like they did too much, but they but they, they were still hard to find, all these things. Like they really, like you say, they really hid them too well. Um, yeah, it's a shame, because I was really looking forward to Ukulele. Yeah. As a spiritual I, successor I was... to one of my favourite games, I thought, oh, that's going to be brilliant, you know. The Kickstarter made it look like it was going to be... 
you know, like a real, why, like you say, just a, the sequel to to Banjo Kazooie that mm. never, you know, Banjo Tooie even, yeah. um, that you know never was. Mm. Um, I don't think it lived up to that promise. It's not a bad game. No, it isn't a bad game at all. It's I did enjoy, game, but you know, I, I think it's it, there's times where it's more frustrating than fun for me. Yeah, but, uh, a lot of the challenges. I didn't have. I, it's not a problem I had when I tried playing. Um, Banjo Kazooie. So I think you know what you say about the the level design being so important definitely yeah. holds true there. Yeah, I think it's just because um, Ukulele's only got five worlds, I think, as opposed to Banjo's nine. And I liked the first two, but I didn't really like just like the the last three. I thought they were they just didn't have that charm to them. I didn't warm to them. It was like a, a like a dirty, horrible swamp, like a casino, and like a weird kind of spacey pirate world. And for some reason, I didn't like him as much as the first couple of worlds. And I think that was a factor as well. Just didn't have as much yeah. charm, the levels. Whereas I, I really like all the levels in Banjo. Did you bank the Kickstarter or did you buy it I, when it came out? No, I didn't. I don't think I did. Um, I didn't. I think it was, it was going so successfully that I didn't, yeah. um, I didn't really bother. But, um, I pre-ordered it. I got it. Um, and I did it. Yeah. Like you say, I did enjoy it. I put a fair few hours into it. I think about 13 hours or something. Um, and I did enjoy it. But yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, Banjo. I'll, I'll probably give it another play at some point. Um, I'll have to play through it twice, and uh, yeah, I think it's a really good game. Yeah, good choice. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, we're on choice number three, aren't we? Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a lot I'm going to be able to to say about my third choice because okay. it's not a franchise that's particularly deep um, okay, but I fun. would say my third choice is going to be Outrun good shot yeah okay brilliant yeah. I, I'm a big just fan Outrun too, definitely yeah yeah it's just a, a franchise that I keep coming back to and mm. it's, it's like you were saying um, how you can play Sonic and you could pick it up anytime and not even really really yeah. concentrate on it it's just kind of muscle memory yeah the Outrun series is like that with me, particularly okay. Outrun Two, uh, yeah. and I, I, or Outrun Two Thousand and Six, which was the um, sort of a, a collection of all the different yeah. modes and that, from Outrun Two and Outrun Two SP, also that's amalgamated into one. That's the version I have, and it's um, it's I think it's my favourite PS2 game, definitely. Yeah, but, um, it's just so fun. It's it is brilliant. it really is, and it's it's kind of like a perfect sequel. It takes. Mm. Like the, I never played Outrun in the arcade at the time, but I did have the Mega Drive version. Okay. And you know, it's the Mega Drive version is great. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's just a really good arcade racer. Mm. Uh, but Outrun Two, all the all the it, even with all the years separating it, it still feels like a natural evolution of Outrun. They haven't changed too much. You know, they've just took the the same formula and just tweaked it a bit and given it a bit of a modern spit and polish. Yeah. And just added just enough new modes to, you know, add a bit of of, of new content to it. Um, but it feels like the same game. Hmm. And I remember reading... I can't remember whether it was an online article or comment that someone wrote or if it was in a magazine. Um where they said Outrun Outrun 2 and Outrun in general um, wasn't about feeling realistic or or having the best handling in the world. It was about the feeling of racing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that sums it up perfectly. It's not... 
you you know you've got your Gran Turismo games and mm. and like Ridge Racer as well is is the more arcadey side of things, mm. but I don't think any of them capture really how you imagine racing you know street racing would actually feel better than Outrun. You really get that sense of speed and and just the the atmosphere and ambiance of the game. It just feels like racing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just, I just think it's a fantastic series. Every, I mean, there's a few spin-offs that, you know, they've been developed by different studios. So there's like Outrun 2019. Yeah, and a couple of weird there's ones. There's a few. Yeah. yeah, there's a few, there's a few sort of odd ones on, on the Mega Drive. But if we, the core series, you just can't go wrong with. Um, yeah. And I really, really hope that, you know, it hasn't been consigned to the mists of time and that we will get an Outrun 3 or, oh, or some kind of, you know, new entry to the series because it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's just a really special game. Even just sort of re-releasing Outrun 2, you know, and just updating yeah. it a bit would be it would be brilliant because I think it's um it's kind of, it is what it is. that If they did an Outrun 3, how different would it be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of it's kind of perfect as it is really, isn't it? It Just is. The there isn't it much I would change about it. No, I really, no. It's like I, I, I hesitate to use the word perfect, but mm. I think Sonic One and Sonic Two and probably Sonic Three as well. Those games to me are as close to perfect as you're going to get. If I yeah. even if I was being really nitpicky and was looking for problems, yeah, I I struggle to find much that I would change with those games. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of how I feel about Outrun. Even yeah. if I wanted to be really pedantic and pick up on the smallest things, I'd struggle to find much that I could say is actually wrong with the game. It's yeah. it, you know, it's as close to a perfect game as I think I, I've played. Yeah, I love um, a racing game that really kind of gives the single player a lot to do, because that yeah. Outrun two two thousand and six in particular, um, it's got so many different modes and stuff in it, hasn't it? It's got loads yeah. of different challenges and the heart attack mode. Yeah, and there's just so much different stuff to do in it, and so many different options and stuff. And it's um, it's a really good game. It's just it just screams fun. I, I, yeah, lo- I love a racing, a good racing game because they are just nice, simple, pick up and play, um, just fun. You know, you don't have to. They're not complicated. It feels like a Sega game. It does, yeah. And I, I kind of, I struggle to quantify what I mean by that, but I think it's yeah. If I know. you play a lot of Sega games, you'll kind of know what I mean when you pick yeah. up and play. It feels like a classic Sega game. It does. It really does. It's the, it's kind of the aesthetic as well. It's the blue skies. It's yeah. the it's the sort of quite sort of idealized kind of uh, almost like you know like American kind of world in a way. It's um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it, it, it's definitely part of the aesthetic. That it, it's very Sega, isn't it? And it's the it music. It's the, it's the yeah, the music. So upbeat and so you know kind of enjoyable. <clears throat> yeah, totally. It's yeah, a, it's we, a great we choice. Did, we talked about it briefly on. The, the pilot episode we recorded mm. um, about Outrun Online Arcade, which yeah, was yeah. A, a re-release they did for the 360 and PS3. Yeah, I, um, yeah. It was a, a, a kind of like a slimmed down version of 2006. It didn't have quite as much depth to it as 2006. Okay. Um, but it was it was the core Outrun game, but with yeah. online play and you could you know race against other people online. And I yeah. can't remember how many people you could have in one session. It might have been sort of six or eight people. Okay. Um, 
and all raced together to the checkpoints and um, whoever got to the checkpoint first determined which route was going to be taken and, and things like that. Mm. It's just a really, it was a really, uh, really fantastic version of the game. Yeah. Um, you can't actually get any more um, because know, the, yeah. the license with Ferrari expired and it had to be pulled down from the from the store. So it's one of these games uh, that is lost now if you didn't get it when it was out. And that's just such um, a shame, really. You can't that, get it. And it yeah, it's a real shame. Something so stupid as licensing can, can take yeah. down a game. It's just <clears throat> it's the kind of thing that really annoys me, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a growing problem. It really yeah. is. I think as someone I, I said earlier who likes to hang on to things and make sure he always has them, um, you know, that the fact that you can't get that really bothers me. Yeah. And, and any other game that you can't get anymore, to be honest. Uh, just for something so stupid. You know. Yeah. It's, it's so... I guess the whole digital distribution thing is is a double-edged sword, isn't it? On yeah. the one hand, you do have the convenience of, of you know, having it available on demand when you want it. But yeah. on the other hand, it's, you know, that it can be taken away just yeah. as easy as it was, uh, yeah. you know, put on there in the first place. And yeah, it's a shame. It's a big topic. Because I, yeah. I think if... if there was not going to be an Outrun 3. If if they just released Outrun Online Arcade, if they just updated that, whacked it out on the PlayStation 4, Xbox mm. One store, mm. that'd be perfect. I'd be happy with that. If we could just get it back online again and get yeah. some online races going, it, exactly. it was just tremendous fun. Just do whatever change you need to make to get the, to get the old licensing and stuff out. Yeah, and I mean... Do, do whatever you need to do, you know. Because the original Outrun... It was obviously a Ferrari vehicle they were driving, but mm. they didn't have any license. So, you yeah. know, there wasn't a licensed vehicle. That game managed fine. All they need to do is the same. Call, call it Burrari or something <laughs> like that. You know, yeah. it doesn't need to be... You don't need to have the license. The, the yeah, game's exactly. what matters. Yeah, I know. It's just uh, it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, that is such a good game. Um, I picked it up a couple of years ago for the PS2, and I um, it's, it's one that I often return to whenever I just just want to play a game for you know 20 minutes or so because it's great to just yeah. jump in and just pick up for the last challenge you were on and just try and have a go at it yeah. <clears throat> um, it's literally it's, it's one of those games um you know coming back to what you said earlier i can be playing it having a conversation with someone yeah. Yeah. sort of glance away from the screen yeah. and glance back <laughs> and just play very casually but you know it's just it's i've played it so much it's just muscle memory oh, i could right. just i could just play it really casually yeah and I, I just find myself going back to it. Sometimes I just feel like playing a game, but I can't decide what to play. Yeah. You know, it's I don't want to get into like a, a, a big long game. And I, I, you know, I can always go back to it, run off and do just just to kill sort of 20 minutes. Or, one of those you know, games, once you've played, if you've, if you've spent the evening, like an hour or so playing a big game and you want to, you don't want to go to bed yet. And you want to wind down with a little, a little game that you know well, you know, it's like a comfortable pair of slippers and a cup of tea. You know, it's, it's like a game that you just want to, kill 10 minutes with yeah yeah it's one of those isn't it definitely yeah definitely
So my first three choices were kind of um, sort of all-time classics, I think. And I thought I was thinking, what else could I have? And there's a lot of there's a lot of games that you know from my past and more, more recently that I've, I would put on sort of level level pegging there, level pegging. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick um, two more that I've got into recently. Both are kind of older games, but I've got into them more recently. I, I, I find myself quite enjoying them. So I'm going to go for those just because I've got more recent memory of them, I think. Okay. Um, so the first one, my fourth pick, is going to be Metroid Prime. Um, have ah, you played? Have yes. you played this? No, I have not. No, okay. I've not played. I've only played um, the original Metroid actually on the have you? the NES Classic Edition. Oh, okay. Um, that was the first time I played. Yeah, it's a good series. I've only played Metroid Prime. I played about um, less than half of Metroid Prime Two and a bit of Super Metroid. Uh, Metroid Prime was my first experience with the series. Um, if you're going to put it in a box, you would call it um, a first-person shooter, I suppose. Yeah. But it's kind of Nintendo does a first-person shooter, so there's a lot more to it. And normally I'm not that drawn to first-person shooters. I think, A, because um, I, I do tend to find them a little bit tedious, and B, because I'm not very good at them, to be honest. Um, the, for some reason, I can never quite aim, get my aim quite right with the two sticks. I often yeah. struggle a bit. Um, and this was on the GameCube, so it would have had those controls. But I've actually got... Um, well, they did a, the trilogy on the Wii. I was going to say, they did the trilogy on the Wii, didn't they? They did. Um, I've, I think if you were to buy the three games separately, they don't cost very much these days. But that trilogy, uh, for some reason, goes for quite a lot, I believe, from last I, I looked. Yeah, but it's I don't, about 50 or 60 quid at the moment. Yeah, for some reason, they must not have made enough of them or something. But um, I don't have the, the physical version. I have the, the digital one that they released on the Wii U. Okay. Um, do you remember the Wii U um, sort of did uh, Wii games on the virtual console for a while? Yeah. It? So I got one of those. And the good thing about those, um, when they released them, they, they usually did them half price. So oh, okay. uh, I think they came out about sort of 16, 18 pounds, something like that. So I got it for half that, So which is a great deal for three, you know, really good games, or at least going by the first one anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I sort of, I, I thought I looked at that deal and I, I, I knew that Metroid was very well respected. I think it's like the highest rated GameCube game, actually, Metroid Prime. Yeah, it might well be, actually. Yeah, I think I saw it on a list somewhere. Um, so I did a bit of sort of research on it, and I thought... And, and well, the good thing about the Wii version for me is that it uses the uh, the motion controls rather than the twin sticks, which I, I thought I would find a lot easier. To really? Sort of, the, yeah. the gyroscope controls? Yeah, so you just point at the, point the Wii remote where you want to shoot. Oh, right, okay. I thought you kind yeah. of meant, like, um, I don't know if you played uh, Splatoon with the gyroscope controls. You sort of no. wiggle the, the pad around. I've never been able to get on with that. No, me neither, actually, in Splatoon, no. But, no, you, you literally point at the screen, and I find oh, that cool. a lot easier, yeah. personally, than, um, than other first-person shooters. So, um, so yeah, that turned out to be a, a wise move <laughs> for me, personally. Um, yeah, so I said it's um, it's a first-person shooter with a difference. It's yeah, obviously you you do go around shooting things, but it's not. Uh, it's more of an exploration game. The whole series is an exploration game, really. So when I started it, I comment I commented sort of commented to myself as I was going further into it that this whole game feels like one massive Zelda dungeon. As I said before, I really like the, the way that Zelda dungeons are structured. And the whole game is structured very similarly, all in just one large world that's with several different pieces to it, but they're all interconnected in various different points. 
Um, so you kind of you start out and you've got all your power ups. You've, you've got a, I think it's um, Samus, the character's power suit, I believe it's called. And she's got um, she's she's got you know all the abilities, all the different guns, I think, um, sort of all the uh, everything. And this is kind of um, standard for a Metroidvania. I think you often start out with all your power ups and then something happens to take them all away. Yeah. And you need to spend the rest of the game basically reclaiming them. Uh, gradually getting more and more powerful and able to unlock more and more areas in the game, um, and that's kind of the way it builds. So you'll you'll start out and there's one you'll you'll be locked down to one area because you can't get out of it, but you'll fight a boss, and then you'll you'll get one of your power ups back. Say it's um, uh, say it's a particular gun to open a particular door or a double jump or something like that, and then you'll be able to go backtrack to areas you've already been to, and then find exits that you couldn't um, use before um, so that's that I think that's what intrigued me about it really the fact that you could keep sort of you sort of gradually learn this learn this world and sort of learn your way around it and it doesn't hold your hand with it either so when you get <clears throat> when you get a new power-up you kind of you're not immediately told where to use it and and where you need to go you sort of have to look at the map there's a really cool 3D map in it that you can sort of rotate and zoom in and out of. And you can see, okay, I haven't been there. Maybe I can use my new power up, like a double jump or whatever, to reach that point. And you kind of go, you backtrack through what you've already done. You go through and then you, think you suddenly realize you can, you can get access to a whole new area. And um, there is a fair bit of backtracking in it, but it never feels too tedious. It never feels like you're trudging through the same I'm going to say, area. is it like rewarding exploration? Or is it, it, is. it doesn't just feel like an excuse to, you know, force you to backtrack over what no, you've already done? No, it doesn't at all. It feels like you're learning more and more about this environment and you're sort of getting more and more used to it. And you kind of look at the map and it's sort of a wireframe map, but you, you'll see a room and you'll remember what it looks like because you've been there quite a few times. And you'll know how they all connect to each other almost sometimes without even looking at the map, you'll know which rooms connect to each other. And um, I mean, maybe some people will find it um, annoying to keep going back to the same areas, but I personally find it really rewarding that you kind of, yeah, you, you sort of keep exploring this world and you find out which areas are connected to which. And then you'll find, uh, you know, whole separate areas of the map and you'll find a route that then connects to a completely different area that you didn't know could connect to. And yeah. so you're linking up these whole different separate pieces and it gradually builds up into this this thing at the end, which is like this massive map with with loads of different sections to it, you know, and they're not all, they don't all look the same either. There's like a lava area, there's a really nice ice um, area as well. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a really, really good game. It's just very, very well done. Um, I think they're all pretty much kind of in that sort of structure. Um, I know Super Metroid is, is very well regarded. I think that's kind of, you know, they had the NES and the Game Boy, but I think the Super Metroid was the first one to fully realize the, you know the, the the idea behind it, and I know yeah. people cherish that game a lot. Um, I've played it a bit, but I didn't really give it the time and the patience, I think. And I sort of had long periods between sessions, and I didn't really get to grips with it. And I think I think I should give it another go, really. Yeah, I, think, I was um, going to say it's a game it, I play again on the the Super NES Classic, um, Classic okay. Mini, or um, I, mm. I believe it's yeah, it's definitely included on that. Um, it is, yeah, yeah. And I played a little bit of it, but yeah, like the same as you, really. I, I didn't really give it the time that it that it needed to really sort of 
click with me. So it's definitely yeah. one that I need to go back to and, it's and, a, it's, and explore. It's a type of game that you really need to focus on and almost play every night for a while, yeah. just so you can keep it in your head, um, or certainly very regularly anyway. So, I got up to the first boss, and yeah. I was tremendously bad at it. So <laughs> that's the other thing. It is really hard. I think it's harder yeah. than than Metroid Prime. Personally, I did two or three bosses, I think, but there was one I had to use safe states quite a lot to, just to beat him because he was just it's this sort of massive lizard bloke, and you you feel like you're you've hit him like hundreds of times, but you, there's no like health bar, so it's really hard to see uh, ha- yeah. how far along you are with it. Yeah. And I just I just I was getting like creamed completely, so I just I had to use safe states just to get through it. But then I got a bit lost and I sort of kind of kept stop playing it after a while. So I think I'll start it from scratch one day and do it and give it a proper go. Yeah, think, um, it's a very well, well respected series. Uh, it is, yeah. yeah. And um, the Metro Prime trilogy on the uh, Nintendo Wii that is mm. on my wish list of of games to get. It is a sort of a notable gap in my Wii library, really. So it is something yeah. I'd like to to get hold of. So yeah, um, again, add it to the list of things that we you know maybe cover on a future episode. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, 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 I'd like to get hold of that. Yeah. And I started playing the second one as well, um, and that is good too. It's got like a kind of um, alternate world, sort of a dark version to the whole map. So you kind of flick between the two versions, and the rooms are all different in each. Um, so you've got to use that to solve various puzzles and things, which is quite an interesting element. I did get stuck on a boss. There was like there was a point where you had to do like this. It's not difficult, but really, really long boss. And then there was another one straight after. And I was, I was sort of, I got stuck on it because I was looking at this YouTube tutorial of how to beat him. And I was doing the exact thing, but I just wasn't hitting him. And I just, he, he just wore me down. And I had to do, if you, if you die, you have to do that really long boss again. And I just got kind of fed up with uh, it. Yeah. And so I put that down. That was a few months ago and I haven't returned to it. Um, I may well do again. But, um, yeah. And there's Metro Prime 4 coming as well. For the yeah, Switch. well. Yeah, I was gonna, I was about to say they teased it, but they didn't really yeah. tease anything no, other than the fact that just the logo, you know, yeah. just the logo. So it's a bit early <laughs> to, to get excited, but yeah, it it's, is. It's not by the same uh, developers though. It's by um, oh, I can't remember okay. who it's by now, but it's Retro Studios did the first three, mm. so it's going to be by a different developer. So I guess it's a bit of a question mark. I can't remember who they are now. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one to look out for anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, yeah. It's really really good series i recommend uh, anyone check it out really yeah solid choice mm. yeah okay okay uh well my next choice is gonna be tomb raider oh, okay cool. um because i it was one of the first games i got on the playstation um mm. i got tomb raider 2 for the for that uh the christmas um that i got my uh playstation and I got Tomb Raider at the same time. I got the original Tomb Raider at the same time with some, um, I think, some money my sister gave me for Christmas. So I ended up getting the, the two Tomb Raider games. And it was one of the first um, proper 3D um, games that I'd played, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'd played other 3D games, you know, sort of rudimentary 3D games as they appeared on um, sort of the Super Nintendo and uh, the Mega Drive. You know, they had that like the versions of doom and things like that so it's not like my first total first exposure to 3d but i think it was one of the first real game changers for me when i played it it was like 
really a new idea of of what games could be. You know, this this sort of go anywhere, do anything, exploration yeah. type game. Um, yeah, sort of alongside Mario sixty four is one of the first ones to sort of explore three D space and like yeah, a exactly. Perspective, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you had so. I mean, looking back on it now. It does seem, it, you know, the, the the engine seems quite limited now by today's mm. standards. But I mean, at the time, it just seemed so expansive. You know, you you, yeah. you you had these deep underwater cabins. You had the, you know, so you could swim around in in full 360 degree motion underwater, and mm. you know, climb up these massive th- massive sort of monuments, and you could look down o- over the um, the rest of the map, and you could see the draw draw distance was you know really quite spectacular for the playstation at the time yeah. i mean it's just like a, a, a really graphically amazing game but um just the idea of having these these huge maps to explore and you could go you know look wherever you want there wasn't a, spe- a set path that you had to follow um i thought was really um it's a really revolutionary and i've always it's a bit like sonic there's been some some stinkers along the way um not all the tomb raider games are are worth playing to be perfectly Mm. honest um the playstation 2 uh release angel of darkness is is best avoided it's just not it's just not very good at all but um and some of the the later releases on the the, towards the end of the original playstation's life they started to get a little bit samey um but on the whole i mean the, the 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 original trilogy, the Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3, um, you can't really go wrong with them. They're just really tough, but really entertaining exploration games. Um, yeah. The voice acting's a bit ropey <laughs> on them. I mean, video games well, have a reputation for, you know, not having always the, the necessarily the best voice acting. Well, especially at that time period. I mean, that was yeah. kind of, you know, that we got start to get, you know, C- games on CDs, so they had more space to to do voice acting, but they didn't get the voice actors, really. Yeah. You know? So, um, it, yeah, that was part of the course, really, wasn't it, at that time? Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, there's some cases, I mean, you, if you've never played it, and, you know, if, if anyone listening to this hasn't actually played it, it might be something to look up on, on YouTube, some of the cutscenes, and, and see what you think of it, because... There's bits where the voice acting isn't necessarily bad. It's mm. just it doesn't make sense what they're saying. <laughs> like the the end of the first level of Tomb Raider 2, um, Lara approaches these great big sort of locked doors that enter this, you know, she needs to get in to explore some treasure or something or another. Yeah. And this gangster ambushes her and stops her and he sh- shoots this machine gun at her and she dodges out the way. And she says to him, uh, "Let me let me remember exactly what she says now." Oh. <laughs> she says something to him like, "You know, um, you know, why were you shooting at me?" Something like that. And he res- he responds, "There's a Tommy gun on my key ring." I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means. It doesn't make any sense. It almost sounds like there's some there's some sort of secret code you're supposed to like. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the game is full of stuff like that. There's these cutscenes. Really? You like? Well, what, what did they say? Doesn't make sense. You would That's almost a, say it's a mistranslation, but it was a British. It's a British game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is almost like you know, like it's been a di- directly translated from from Japanese or something, and the, yeah. you know they. 
you do get games where it's been translated from Japanese to English by someone who appears to speak neither. Yes. And there are games <laughs> like that. But when it's a, a British game from British developers, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Uh, I would, re- I'd recommend. I don't obviously recommend playing it, but if you don't fancy playing it, just look up some of the cutscenes. <laughs> and some of them are just, I just don't know what they're saying, and it mm. just just doesn't make any sense at all. But I, t- I it doesn't put me off the game. Um, no, it of sort of adds not, to no. the charm of it, if anything. Yeah. But um, I yeah, think so now we can sort of look back on those things as quite being quite charming. Yeah, at this point, can't we? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean. I think, I mean, you look back, even like the notoriously bad acted um, games, say Resident Evil, for example, is really notorious for the for the atrocious voice acting. Mm. Um, it is part of the charm of the game. Yeah, it would it, if if it was all impeccably acted. I think it would actually lose some of its appeal, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it almost goes. I mean, if, especially if you look at it now, it almost goes along with the. The sort of the very early 3D visuals, it's kind of, it fits with them. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, it's, you know, in that sort of primitive way, it's got sort of primitive voice acting and primitive graphics, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, little bit janky, but it's, yeah. it gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with, uh, for Tomb Raider for my fourth choice. Um, okay. have you played any of the, the recent reboots? The, the, I, I played the first reboot for a bit. Um, I kind of, I did, I kind of liked it. Um, I, I'm not generally, I don't play many AAA games, and at that point, I hadn't played any for a while, so it was quite sort of impressive graphically and kind of, um, I don't know what what you could do in it, I suppose. So that kind of brought, brought me in a bit. I put a, you know a good two or three hours into it maybe, but I think I ended up finding it a little bit tedious. Yeah, but, uh, I think maybe just I think it's just mainly the shooting really, wasn't it? Primarily, yeah. There were, I think there were like little tombs that you could explore, but they were almost sort of optional. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, that's a shame, that, really. Yeah, it is. I I think that that's a pattern that the original games fell into as well. I mean, the first right. game, there was shooting in the first game, yes. but it was primarily, you know, exploration and exploring these these abandoned tombs and these ancient yeah. cities and things like that. Mm. And as the series progressed, it tend to it moved away from the actual tomb raiding and more into sort of an action oriented shooting and and you know gunplay um and mm. that did you know that's quite divisive amongst sort of fans of the series whether that's a good or a bad thing but uh yeah, yeah there, there, there is there is an argument to be made that there, there does need to be a, a heavier emphasis on on exploration rather than rather than gunplay but uh i think that's the kind yeah. of gameplay i would lean more towards sort of the exploration and puzzle solving i mean um, previous to that, I'd I'd had a I had a demo of the original Tomb Raider on the Saturn, which I did quite enjoy quite a lot. And I did I do remember playing it a fair bit. I used to get like killed by like bears and stuff all the time. Yeah. I couldn't I don't think I could get the hang of the controls at the time, but I did quite enjoy. It. I do remember going back to it quite a few times. Yeah. The, the only other one I played is one on the 360. I think I um it's quite an early 360 game. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. There's a, there's a few good ones on the 360. There's yeah, a... yeah, it was alright. I played it for a fair, fair while actually. I got, um, I think I just, um, I don't know, started playing something else. I think at that time I wasn't, I didn't really stick with games quite a lot. I sort of played them for a bit, and then not that they were particularly bad because I think I did quite enjoy it, but I just sort of um, 
started playing something else, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was quite... I think that had a fair bit of puzzle solving, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, they did start to, to introduce it again. Um, yeah, I don't... I yeah. mean, it's been in the hands of a few developers over the years. Mm, yes, and, it has. You know, yeah. I think they all, they all have their different stances on, on what, what it should be. They have their different interpretations of, of Lara as a character and um, mm. what, what an ideal Tomb Raider game is. So, you know, depending on, on where you dip into the series, I think you're going to get a, a slightly different experience. But, uh, yeah, yeah, on the whole, I, I, it's a, it's a, a series that, that means a lot to me personally. So I'm looking mm. forward to, to see where it goes in future. And if anyone hasn't played it, it's, it's something I would, I would definitely recommend start at the beginning and yeah, see how you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So they did, um, they did the first reboot just, it was just called Tomb Raider. And then they did Rise of the Tomb Raider. Is that right? Second well, one? yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did the, the original series was developed by Core Design, and mm. they did uh, Tomb Raider 1, 2, 3, 4, and Chronicles, which was Tomb Raider 5. And mm. then they did Angel of Darkness, which was meant to be, you know, the revolutionary next generation PS2 version of Tomb Raider. Mm. Um, and for whatever reason, it was too ambitious or... You know, there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down into, um, you know, finding out about the game's development, but it, it turned out pretty rubbish. And um, okay. the game was taken off of them and given to Crystal Dynamics, who developed. They did a kind of, I guess you'd call it a soft reboot. It wasn't officially a... I don't think they marketed it as a reboot, but they did. They changed the origin story of Lara and, the, you know... Um, they went back and redid the original game in like a new style. Yeah, they did. A f- I, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they did a few games like that, and then Crystal Dynamics themselves did the the modern reboot again. So they sort of okay, so they pressed the reset again. button and then yeah. did a brand new reboot, which is what we've got now. Like you say, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and recently announced they've got Shadow of the Tomb Raider, yes, which is due out this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's the the, the third one is the the last one in this trilogy um, mm. and that should bring it up to I think that's going to it, it will sort of finish off Lara's character arc as she is now and bring her up to the Lara Croft that we know from the original games kind of thing and then okay. you know who knows where they'll take it from there but yeah it's been messed about with quite a lot over the years yeah sort of like Daniel Craig with the Bond series isn't it yeah bit, yeah kind of like yeah. an origin almost before and then sort of going into um, sort of stuff we know more, know more. Yeah. yeah precisely yeah. okay cool yeah All right. um, so my final pick um, is going to be one that um, I didn't think I'd go all the way through but I'm, I, I, I did and that's Final Fantasy 7 uh, um, yes. and we've talked about this before um, yeah so uh, this was my first sort of proper big grown up RPG I think um, previously I'd played things like, um, Pokemon Yellow and Sonic Chronicles. Um, but this was, this I've was, never um, played Sonic Chronicles. That, that's by Bioware. It was by Bioware. It's yeah. alright, actually. I, I'd recommend giving it a go. It's, um, it wasn't bad. Yeah. But again, a bit like Pokemon, it's sort of a, sim- a little bit more simplified, um, kind of thing. But this, um, uh, but yeah, with the Final Fantasy VII, you've got all the stats and stuff, so it doesn't really have that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I um, I think I I didn't play it at the time. I played it uh, two or three years ago via emulation, um, and I kind of uh, started it up 
and because uh, I knew it was obviously very very popular and I thought I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go I'll see how far I get I didn't think I'd, I'd, I'd really get very far with it I just want to see what it was like and um, I, th I, th I think it was just it was mainly the the story and the characters that kept well, it didn't keep me going because I liked a lot of other aspects as well. That's not fair to say, but it, it drew me in. I think. Yeah. Um, there was some. Uh, there's something about the dialogue in the game that seemed very real to me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was. Yeah, it, I do. Yeah. Compared to games of the time, and even some a lot of games now, a lot of game dialogue is quite sort of obvious and kind of a bit cheesy, and you know, kind of. Uh, hard to describe really but this this seemed like real people were talking this seemed like the like the characters had real connections to each other yeah um and you sort of you you you, you wanted to know more about the characters and wanted to you know see what their motivations were and stuff and the the story is uh, and the story as well just to, to see how it um you know how it evolved um i think that's what drew me in and also the battle system as well um, to start with, I would I would sort of take the uh, the basic option of just keep attacking, 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 because that's I, <laughs> I didn't I really I didn't really know what else to do. Yeah. And, I remember, and that was working for me for a while. I can't remember what the the enemy was or the boss. I think it was quite early on, um, where that was no longer working, and I had to I was forced to come up with a different strategy. So I sort of had a look around what to do, and obviously I needed to, needed to learn to do some healing for a start, which would help. Um, all the different elemental attacks and kind of um, you know um, uh, poisons and things like that, and I'm, I managed to, to work out the strategy to beat this this thing, and um, I think that was when it sort of clicked for me that ah uh, this is how you play, and suddenly yeah. you know this is okay this this is the material that I need to assign to different characters, and this this character is going to be you know my healer, this character is going to be you know more of an all rounder. And that kind of thing. this one's going to be sort of specialised in, in um, poisons and stuff like that. Yeah, and I but think the material system's really intuitive as well in those. Yeah, it's, I, it's so flexible. I mean, I, I can't compare it to any others because I've never played any other Final Fantasy or many other or any other big RPG. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found it really good. Um, I, I saw, it was very easy to understand. Uh, you can assign anything to any character, really. I think, but some of them are, are more. Uh, are, I don't know. I'm better at certain things than others. Aerith, for example, you know, um, she wasn't very strong, but she was, you know, like her limit break was like to heal everybody, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you could sort of certain characters would fit certain roles quite well like that. Did you know any spoilers before going into it? I knew that. Uh, I don't know if I should say this now in case it's. Well, it's not really going to spoil anyone. I think it's safe. I think it's safe. Okay. Well, it, it, I mean, how old's the game now? Exactly. If you're in the middle of playing Final Fantasy VII and you haven't got very far into it, just skip ahead for this bit, because um, Aeris dies. Uh, and I think I think everyone knows that though, don't they? Really? Yeah, I think they do. I think if you know that as well, it kind of spoils a little bit. It because does. I, I would have liked to not know it because that would, moment would have been so much more impactful. I think. Yeah, but, and it's more of a gut punch when you spent all the game to that point developing her and leveling exactly, her. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Customizing her, and then suddenly it's all taken away. Like, oh, yeah. son of a gun! <laughs> to to kill a sort of an active character that you're using is is quite a bold move, isn't it? Yeah, and I remember it's like. You get all the, you know, video games have their own sort of urban legends around them. Like you mentioned yeah. Pokemon, whether it's possible to get Mewtwo and, and yeah. you get Mew if you 
get all the Pokemon and go back and push the truck and all this kind of stuff. And there's all <laughs> these these things people make up. There yeah. must have been a thousand different fake rumors on <laughs> how to resurrect Ares. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it was yeah, it was quite a moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was still quite impactful, and the way her her theme song still plays into the following battle. Do you remember that? I know, that I was, do. Yeah, that was quite. That was very kind of touching because the music is amazing in the game. It like, is like the, fantastic. The composer, um, Nobuo Uematsu. Yeah, his um, his work is just amazing. He's so humble as well. He doesn't think his work is any good. Have you I like know. read interviews? It's amazing, isn't it? But he's I like, know. He, he he's really so a genius. He genuinely he is a genius, is. but he's so. He just thinks he he kind of his stuff all sounds the same and it's just doesn't it? it's hilarious, isn't it? Really, it is. It is. But, and I remember in one of the interviews he was saying, um, I can't remember which game it was. They were talking, they were interviewing him about his sort of philosophy for composing for the game, hmm. and he said he decided it might have been Final Fantasy VIII. I'm not sure. Um, or nine. I'll d- I think it might be nine actually. I'll double check at some point. Mm. Uh, but basically, he said he wanted to move away from the having individual themes for the characters um, mm. because he didn't think it worked in the previous games. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking that's, about? That's kind of what Final Fantasy music is based on, really, yeah. isn't it? You know, he's worked tremendously well yeah. for for decades, but he's just like, no, I don't think that's working anymore. I know. But yeah, it's... yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, it was um, just an incredible game, really. Um, I think just right up to the end with the final battle with Sephiroth, I think I, uh, that was. I ended up with like down to one character with one health, and I had one more move left. And if it, if that wasn't going to finish him off, I was toast. And luckily, it did. And it's just those sort of moments that. It is, kind of, yeah. Because previously I wasn't, I didn't really get turn-based battles. I thought that can't be that exciting, but they really, really are. You know, it, it's um, especially. I mean, Final Fantasy ones, you've got to be quick. You can't just sort of sit there and ponder because there's a time-based system. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to say that the the Final Fantasy VII uses the active time battle, so you, you yeah. still got it's turn-based, but you've got to keep on your toes with it. Exactly. Yeah, and I quite like that aspect as well because it keeps it just it keeps it more. Um, you know, you stay more in the moment. I think rather than just yeah. sort of, oh, I can just, I can just leave this going and, and you know, have, make a tea and come back and it's totally fine. It's definitely not like that. Um, but yeah, I just, um, it's just the the story. I, I was just glued to it. You know, there's not many other gaming stories and, and characters that I've sort of been, you know, so I involved with. I think failed a job interview because of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> That's the story you need to tell. Go yeah, on. I applied for a job um, at there's a sort of a, a, a branch of a, a chain of game stores uh, called Pink Planet. Oh um, yeah, are they still going? Yeah, they're still going. Are they? Um, and I applied for. I think at the time they were called Games Exchange. Actually, they might have still been called Games Exchange, and then they were Pink okay. Planet Games Exchange. And I don't yeah. know. It's just one of these corporate rebranding things. But uh, I applied for a job there, and I went for the interview, and it was all going well. And then he said to me, because uh, obviously it's going to be a game-related shop. He said, you know, well, what's your favourite video game? And I said, oh, um, without hesitation, I said oh, Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. And he said, okay, well, imagine I'm a customer and just give me a quick summary of the story. Yeah. And I was like, I, 
<laughs> How do you summarise Final Fantasy oh, VII? It's so, it's so complicated. It's I such a it, it stumped me completely, and I just oh, I said I, I it's I and I, could, <laughs> I that's, it, that's it, a really unfair that's a really unfair question. I think I know, I know, and if he'd played it, he must have known that was an unfair. If question If you'd said well. Mario, you know, yeah. that, <laughs> if I could, you'd if have I had that job. Literally any other game, I'd, I'd have been sorted. But yeah, I chose Final Fantasy VII. He goes, summarize Final Fantasy VII. It's like, oh, well, all 120 hours of it. Oh yes. my god, yeah, yeah, not not my not my finest hour. Mm. I mean, I think even though it's my choice, I think it's a game you probably know better than I do. Um, because you've probably put more hours in because I've only just played the main story. I've kind of, um, and then once I completed, I sort of left it there. I know, I know even there was a character that I didn't even get, like Vincent, I think I didn't get. Oh, you didn't get Vincent? No, I didn't. I didn't oh, even know, oh. I didn't know, uh, know about him at all until Did you get Yuffie or Yuffie? I did get Yuffie. I did get Yuffie, yeah. yeah. I think I got all the others. Um, oh, you missed out with Vincent. That's a really, really interesting little subplot. Yeah, yeah. It's I'll, not I'll, a game. It's not a game you can go back to quickly. I think because it's mm. a you need to to leave a bit of a gap between playthrough. Basically. Oh, definitely. But, yeah. You yeah. know, one day you should definitely go back and 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 do the Vincent subquests. I think I, think I probably will. Yeah. What, he's a really th- fun character to play with in battles as well. Yeah. What do you think about the the remake that's that's uh, well, been coming for a while now? You don't think it'll happen? It's been, it, we haven't seen anything of it really. Well, he's still a bit of it, I think. But that was a yeah, while ago, wasn't it? They've changed all the battle system though. They've done. I, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned you haven't played any of the the other Final Fantasies other other than seven. Mm, yeah. They kind of changed the battle system. It did like. Uh, all the battle systems are they they've got subtle differences it, mm. it's sometimes subtle differences sometimes more noticeable differences between all the the entries in the series mm. um but the last sort of quote unquote traditional final fantasy game was probably 10 after yeah. that final fantasy 11 was an uh, you know massively multiplayer online thing um final fantasy 12 it wasn't turn based battles anymore Mm. Um, and same with Final Fantasy thirteen, and same with Final Fantasy fifteen. So they've sort of moved away from the the active time battle system now, and it's kind of a a sort of a hybrid action RPG kind of yeah. thing. Um, and I think that's what they're going to go for in you know should the Final Fantasy seven remake ever get off the ground. Um, that's the kind of thing they're going for. And I think yeah. part of the the elegance of um, Final Fantasy seven was how the, the materia system, I mean, it's a cliche, but it's one of those things where it's easy to learn, difficult to master. Definitely. definitely um, yeah. And I think if you slice that out of the game and replace it with this action RPG thing, I think you're losing a lot of what makes the game yeah. so appealing. So yeah. I'm I'm sceptical of it. And the fact that they're breaking it up into episodes as well, um, mm. I, th- I just don't know how that can work. I mean, again, part of the the... the attraction of final fantasy 7 um certainly for me when i because i'm like you it was the first um major rpg i played mm. and if, i don't know if i'd played an rpg before I actually of a, any kind. i think that's the case for a lot of people certainly in this yeah. country anyway, cause i don't think we had many jrpgs before that not really no they were, I'm aware. they were we had them but it was always a very niche thing if you weren't yeah. into them already yeah. it's not something you would likely to be picking up yeah um but the first time the world map opened up in front of us yeah. and you know you could just go and explore the the whole world and go to whichever town you want whatever order right, you wanted yeah. Yeah. you know 
that that was a really impactful moment for me when you when you leave Midgar for the first time. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You know mm. that that's an amazing moment. Mm. If it's going to be split up into episodes, how's that going to work? Are you going to are they going to check you onto the world map? You get to a town and you get a message saying, "Oh, can't visit until episode two. That's right. You know, well, I mean, I suppose it's, gonna, it's just going to break the immersion completely. I mean, I don't know how the disc. I mean, because it was on three discs anyway, so presumably there were certain points during disc two where you couldn't. You know, access certain areas in in disc one. Is that right, or, did, or what, what was the what was on uh, the discs that was different? The 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 whole game was on disc one essentially. Right. Um, it okay. was the FMV that was split up onto the oh, different. Of course, discs. yeah. There's a fair bit of FMV in there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there is, and it yeah, it was okay. it was really it was high quality FMV for the time. Not very not compressed very much. You yeah. know, it was, it was good quality FMV. Yeah. So I mean, the the bulk of the game, the actual game data, is the same on every disc, and it's just the right. the FMV that that's different really. So sure. ev- okay. every area is accessible. From a technical standpoint, it just, mm. just you know, depending on what part of the game you're in. I mean, some mm. of it you won't be able to access without the right chocobo, and mm. you need the the airship to get to certain bits and things like that. But um, yeah. yeah, there's no disc swapping to get to certain areas. Yeah, it's true. If it's ep- episodic, then you're going to be limited to certain areas in each episode, surely. Yeah, that's otherwise, if you could, otherwise, if they could have it all on one thing, they would just make all one game, surely, unless they want to do like, you know, get more money out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, cynically I speaking, I mean that's 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 quite a likely scenario, yeah. but yeah. I just don't see how it's going to work, to be honest. And it's one yeah. of those things where I don't know if it's needed. I mean, what 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 is the yeah. what, what? Why do we want a Final Fantasy VII remake? I mean, mm. what are they going to add to it that you can't get from playing the game now? Is it just a graphical overhaul? Does that really matter that much? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the story is so deep anyway. It's yeah. not like they, I mean, in some games, you know, that is a relevant thing where they can flesh out the story a bit and add more scenes and stuff. But you don't, because it's all text-based anyway and very simple animations, you, you've got so much story there to begin with. You don't really need to add anything more. No, you it's don't. So I mean, no, I don't. And I think, I mean, it's a well-known fact it's well documented that Final Fantasy VII was an intensely personal game for Hironobu Sakaguchi, um, mm. who is sort of the father of Final Fantasy. Mm. Um, and a lot of it was inspired by the uh, the death of his mother during development. Oh, really? And that influenced a lot of the, the themes of like the, the live stream and um, the spirit of the earth and, mm. and all, all these kind of themes that, that popped up in the game. Um, were directly they they spawned from him trying to make sense of and get over the the death of his mother, mm-hmm. and that's like a really in, in intensely personal story. It is, yeah. And that's I don't true. know, you know, it it just doesn't really sit right that you're just going to chop up this you know really personal project and give it a graphical overhaul because people like good graphics. I I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Silly. I, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it exists as it is, as a work of art, what mm. it is, you know, as it is. I, mm. I don't think it needs a remake. I mean, I'm not saying it, it might be good. It might yeah. be good, but I've just got, I've got reservations about it. It's the, the most sure. diplomatic way I could put it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd echo those, um, those concerns. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Okay. So, one question I would say is, you said it's 
the only Final Fantasy you played? Has it not inspired you to to dip into any other others in the series? Or oh, is it absolutely. Just like a, it has. It, a it time time based thing, or it has. It is a time based thing. I've just got so many different games I want to play, um, and it, it, they are a big sort of ask hours wise. So I'm yeah, kind of. I will definitely get back to. It. Um, I don't know what to go for. I have already bought Final Fantasy 15 because it was quite cheap on Amazon one day, so I decided to pick it up. Um, I, so I don't know when I'll get around to that. Um, but other than that, I was thinking about maybe eight or nine because they're sort of, you know, of the similar sort of era. Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, if Final Fantasy VII was your first introduction, I'd say eight or nine would be a good place to go. Eight yeah. battle system is nowhere near as elegant as the materia system. Okay. Um, they got, um, a different system, uh, the uh, GFs, I think if my memory serves, it's Guardian Force, I think they are, and Junctioning, and it gets, it's not very well explained. I'd recommend mm. watching a few YouTube videos before you dig in on it, but Final right. Fantasy IX is, is fantastic, probably the, the high okay. point of, the, of that era of games for, okay. for the Final uh, Fantasy series. I enjoyed yeah. 15 as well, but it's, a, it's very different to, yeah. you know, to previous games. Yes, that's that's the impression I got. Yeah, I might lean towards nine then, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You but, can't but it, go wrong with. It's another one to add to the list, but again, it's quite high on the list. So, um, yeah, within the next year or two, and possibly, <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> uh, okay, so we um, should we finish this up then? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my final pick for you know games that mean a lot to me, I'm going to go for. Again, like I've done on a few of them so far, sort of speaking in a, a franchise way rather than an individual mm. particular game. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Wipeout. Okay. Yes, uh, I saw I saw you tweet recently about the uh, the VR uh, one. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Um, it, if you haven't played Wipeout, it's kind of a futuristic racing simulation i wouldn't say simulation it's like an arcade racer yeah um sort of anti-gravity ships and uh they're all equipped with a variety of weapons that you pick up as you go around the track and Mm. that's basically it you you know you you race you use the weapons you try and get first place um but it's all done in a it's got a really coherent sort of visual style um it was done, all the sort of artwork and ship designs and thing was um, done by an art, art artist collective called the Designers Republic, right. and they sort of worked to make everything look like um, proper brand names that might exist in the future, proper corporations, logos, and corporate identities, and everything has this really believable sort of aesthetic to it. Well, that's quite cool. Um, and the games themselves, you know, they're just really, really great fun games. They're just really good racing games. But like we, a sort of common theme that we've sort of discussed when it comes to sequels is not where, you know, you get a sequel that just changes everything, throws everything away and does something completely different. It kind of iterates just the bits that need tweaking and it changes just enough to, you know, so it's still the core game, but it's just got enough little tweaks and improvements to really make it stand out. And that's how, you know, each game has done that. Each game is just a slightly little bit, you know, tweaked from the last one, but enough yeah. to give it its own identity. Okay. Um, and yeah, it is fantastic. And like, um, like you say, the most recent one would be the, um, 
Wipeout Omega collection, which is a combination of the PS3 release and the PS Vita release, and they've sort of combined the best ships and tracks from those into sort of one game. Yeah. And they've recently put out a free update to make it compatible with the PSVR. Oh, that's quite good. Yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. that would work really well in VR. Like I haven't, yeah. I haven't dabbled in VR very much. I have tried it a, a couple of times, and it's pretty cool. But I, I, just rocketing around like a, a futuristic um, racetrack, be uh, yeah, I can see it that. A, I can it's see amazing. That's the winner, yeah. I, I've got sort of a, a funny relationship with VR in mm. that some games I can just play for hours and hours and hours, and there's no problem at all. Okay. And then other games I play for five minutes, and I just ha- I I just feel sick as a pig, yeah. and I just I but just you... have to lie down. And okay. But this isn't a, one of those. No, that's no, the that, thing. That's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> You'd expect it would be like. I thought it would be. Yeah. There's there's games. Um, there's a game uh, Eve Valkyrie, which is like a space combat game, right. and you're sort of spinning around and doing sort of space dog fights and dodging in between asteroids and mm. space stations and all that kind of stuff. I can play that no problem. Wipe out with all the sort of speed and spinning around and barrel rolls, no problem. If I play Drive Club, which is just a stat bog standard sit in the car race around a track game, I can't do the, I can't turn the first corner without yeah. it knocks me out for about an hour. I wonder if it's something you can't detect like a frame rate or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was I was discussing it on Reddit. I posted a, a couple of threads on Reddit um, mm. and joined in some conversations and seeing what people thought because it it really is seen that there's no it doesn't seem to be any sort of one size fits all um, re, um, solution to VR sickness. Uh, certain yeah. games will affect people terribly, whether other people you know, play them without issue. And there doesn't seem to be any common element with it. But one interesting theory that was put forward is apparently with um, Wipeout VR, the cockpit of the ship is rendered in VR, but the actual track itself is still in 2D. You're still viewing it. You're viewing it first person, but they don't actually put the depth on it. Um, You don't notice it when you're playing, but I'm wondering if that might be that might have some kind of effect, you know, Mm. that lessens the the sort of motion sickness on it. But either way, it's an incredible experience. I mean, it's Mm. it's something I dreamt of, you know, since I was a kid when I first played, you know, the Wipeout, the original Wipeout on the PlayStation. I, I remember thinking how amazing it would be if one day these ships actually existed and you could actually race around in them, you know. So when I put on the vr for the first time and you know got that cockpit around me the, the very first time it really was like a, a genuine wow moment is yeah it's very very special very special feeling um but yeah that, that's that, that's that's gonna be my 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 pick for yeah, good choice. I haven't really dabbled in in the series very much, to be honest. I don't know if you're big into racing games much, though, are you? Oh, I, no, I am into, into racing you? games. Definitely, yeah. No, I love a racing game. Um, oh. It's just something that I haven't really ever got into for um, for, for some reason. Um, I I do have one on PS2. Fusion, is it? Yeah, Fusion's a good one. Yeah, I played it once, and it was pretty good. I didn't um, I didn't go back to it for some reason. Yeah. Um, uh, you get that with it, games just, sometimes. Yeah, you do. There's nothing wrong with it particularly. I just didn't. Um, 
I mean, I can't, I just, like, there was like, it wasn't last year, the year before, I, I realized I picked up like 50 different games in that year. And most of them were just really cheap PS2 or 360 or Wii or, or games like that. Yeah. Um, and well, that was one of them. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the ones I actually got played. Very, <laughs> very few of them did. But uh, yeah, I will get around to them. I keep telling my wife I will. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm not opposed to it, certainly. I, um, I, I, I played a lot more of F Zero though, which is a similar sort of. Um, yeah, F Zero is, is quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, if I like that, I probably like Wipeout as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good list, I think. Okay. Um, well, why don't we take a, a quick break and yep. we'll come back and talk about what games we've been playing, mm-hmm. and we'll pick what we're going to be playing for the next show. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, back in a bit. Marry me with my money. Okay, we're back, and we're going to be... The last sort of order of business uh, is going to be discussing what we've been playing recently, and yep. then we'll we'll select a game to play for the next show. Yep, absolutely. And then we'll, we'll, we'll close the show for the, the very first... The very show, very first show. Interestingly, the world's first gaming podcast as well. I don't know if you realise it that. is. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed there aren't any others. I know. Yeah, it's astounding. No one's thought of the idea. No one has thought of this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're at the the vanguard of. Well, that must mean we must get all the listeners, surely. Yeah. Oh, we've got to. I'd be surprised if we don't. Yeah. So, what have you been playing? Uh, I've um, well, uh, on the Switch, I recently finished Golf Story. Um, top down. Oh, cool. yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot about RPG. that, but I haven't played it's, it. It's really good, yeah. And you don't have to like golf, um, which yeah, I don't. Yeah. But um, you do learn how to play golf, though, which is uh, which is interesting. But it's got, it's got really nice sort of RPG elements to it as well, really nice humour. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a really nice thing. So what actually game. is it? What's it about? Um, you if, play... I, if I were to ask you to give a summary, is it going to be like a, another Final Fantasy VII situation? or? Uh, no, it's not. It's much simpler. You, <laughs> you play as an aspiring golfer who... Uh, uh, sort of aims to, to reach the top of the, the golfing tree, if that's the correct term, probably isn't. Um, and yeah, he sort of he, he gets a coach who initially like hates him and doesn't want to talk to him, and then he sort of finds out a bit more about him. And there's other characters as well, and uh, there's a girlfriend who dumps him, and then um, you know it's, it's quite entertaining actually. This, this, the script's really good. Um, you, you're sort of wandering around top down, and then you rather than going into battle, you're going to a game of golf with someone, or you'll like do a little golfing challenge. <clears throat> which usually involves just hitting the golf ball into a sort of a rotating yellow circle. But it's, um, yeah, it's a good game. I'd recommend it, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I've moved on from that into Owlboy, which is very... Ah, uh, yeah. I've, I've bought it on PC. I've got it on Steam, but I haven't actually played it yet. But mm. uh, I've been holding off because I pre-ordered the Switch release, which is out... Oh, um, the, the package version. Yeah, the yeah. physical release. Yeah, out, I didn't know that was um, coming... I think it's the end of this month. Yeah, I didn't know that was coming out, so I'd already got the digital version. Had I known yeah. that, I probably would have held off the, the, the package version. I don't actually own a package Wii um, Switch game yet, annoyingly, because I got Mario, the Mario Odyssey bundle. Uh, my wife bought it for me very kindly. Um, but, and I can't complain the fact that she, she, she got the, da- the download version rather than the... No, take it back, I want the box one. Take this back. <laughs> you do get those nice red uh, uh, Joy-Cons, though, which is quite nice. Um, uh, so yeah, there's, um, I haven't actually got a, a packaged version yet. I've just got those, those three games really so far, but I've, um, I've enjoyed all of them. 
Um, and yeah, Our Boy's um, a really good little, uh, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful yeah. sprite art. Some of the best I've ever seen, it really is. And you play as a little um, Owl Boy who um, doesn't, who can fly around freely, but he doesn't actually have, have any um, uh, any offensive moves or anything, but you can pick up characters who do that for you. So you can okay. pick up like a, a gunner and you can then control with the other um, thumbstick where he's, he's sort of shooting uh, enemies and stuff. And it's just like a little puzzle platformer, really. Some really nice, um, really, some really nice moments in it, some stealth moments so far. I'm not too far into it. I'm maybe a couple of hours, but yeah, it's, it's, come, it's come along really nicely. Really nice yeah. little game. Very beautiful. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's, mm. it's going to be... I, d- I don't have much budget for games this month, so mm. I, it, it's Owlboy and I'm getting the the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection thing that oh, they're bringing okay. out. The, so yeah. that that's going to be my that's my gaming for the for the month. That's about all I can afford. But yeah, Owlboy, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to to getting stuff into that. So yeah, that's, that's uh, glad to hear that it's a it's a yeah. good. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, what else have I been playing? I um. On my Raspberry Pi, I dipped into a little bit of Contra 3 on the SNES. Oh, cool. Um, and it, I'm rubbish at Contra. Uh, yeah, well, it's the first time I played. Well, I've been playing, I've been dipping in and out of it, and usually I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a bad one for save states and these things. Yeah. So, um, but this one, I'm trying not to do save states at all. I'm trying to, because when I first played it, I sort of died almost immediately. And then I played it a bit more, and I got a little bit further, and I thought, uh, Actually, this old school method isn't isn't quite so bad, you know. So yeah. I I sort of kept going at it, and I, I you know did a little bit more, um, and I just every time I put the pie on, you know, I'll play a few different things, and I'll play that, and I'll see how far I get, and then once I die, I die, I'll, I'll just go back out again. But um, yeah, I played it for um, I got well, I got to the second level, which for one thing, uh, the other the other day, um, which is pretty good, and the second level is actually a lot easier than the first level. Um, and I got all the way through that. I think I only died once on the second. That was sort of a top-down rather than a side-scrolling thing. Mm. And um, and then I got all the way to the third one and died. But um, yeah, it's, it's sort of like it's become a little mission, sort of an ongoing thing. Whenever I put the pie on, I'll put uh, Contra Three on for a bit and yeah. see how far I get. Yeah. So, yeah. Contra Three is that the? Because I think there's, there was one included on the the SNES Mini. Is that is that the same one? Probably is it that the, one. The yeah. Alien Wars or something. The yes, that's the one. I think yeah, there's only yeah. one on the SNES, so it must be that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's one on the Mega Drive as well. Hardcore. Hardcore. Which, yeah. which I which I fail at even more. I don't. I can't get anywhere on that one. <laughs> they changed the, the the original Contra when it came out here. They renamed it to Probotector. That's right. I haven't played that version. I don't know how much they differ. Um, um yeah, similar conceptually. I mean, it's it's, hmm. it's similar. I, I I haven't played them enough to to really go into depth about you know what the differences are between them. But hmm. yeah, I just find it it was sort of that era where they renamed lots of things over here because it was deemed too violent. Like, yeah, I don't know what's so aggressive about the word contra. Is it even? What does it mean? <laughs> Is it? It just means against or against. you know. Wow. I, the, <laughs> I think that the, it's it's a military term as well. I think you um you you can get contras who are you know they sort of go in and, and do things. I'm not going to get into no. to politics. I'm going to make myself look like an idiot. But I, I believe <laughs> it does have an actual sort of military uh, okay. basis. The term. Okay. Um. But it's the same way, like they they renamed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, to Hero heroes. Turtles because Ninja was too violent. Yeah, you know, it's just that there's a whole raft of things like yeah. that. Yeah, as stupid so, as that is, I must admit I am more familiar with the 
Teenage Mutant Hero version of the theme song. Yeah, I, I watched it so much as a kid, and I didn't know any different. But weirdly, yeah. I think I was aware that there was also a version called Ninja. Sometimes it was called Ninja, because I think some things weren't changed, perhaps. Yeah, the movie I, I or something. What it was, no, I think probably what it was was like the, some of the merchandise that made its way over here was, you know... A lot of yeah. the toys and stuff, there was like a big shortage on them at the time. And yeah. a lot of stuff got imported and things like that. So I think there was a lot of merchandise with the, the Ninja logo floating around. Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. like, oh, wow, well, it's called Ninja as well. That's yeah. Strange. But yeah, I just found it odd that Contra was renamed Probotector. It's such it's a, a bit a weird, isn't name. it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, that's good. Yeah, okay. Um, so what have you been playing then? Um, I've only been playing one thing recently, and that's yeah. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for the oh, okay. Switch. Oh, awesome. Um, um, okay. How's that it's, it's good. It's a good hmm. game. It's very long. Um, <laughs> I'm about... I think I'm like 28 hours into it now, 30 hours into it, yeah. and it's still giving me tutorials on, oh God, you know, really? it's, it's stopping every now and then saying, hey, don't forget, you could do this, this, and this, and it's like, okay, wow. I'm 30 hours in, I think I'm on chapter 4 or 5 out of, I think there's 10 chapters, mm. um, so I guess I'm either just under halfway or, or about halfway through, so mm. let's say I'm halfway through, you know, the game's looking at to looking to clock in about sort of 60 70 hours wow um but yeah it's really good um the voice mm. acting is a bit odd because it's, it's british all... british isn't it yeah it's all really <laughs> british accents like like, like, really the, like the, thick the guy Welsh is um, accents and thick guy's like northern accents. isn't he or something yeah is right yeah, yeah it's, it's really odd like isn't it yeah. yorkshire it's really yeah. strange <laughs> it's really strange um <laughs> A lot of people complain about the voice acting on it, but I think it's really charming. I really do. I, I, it's, it, it's, yeah, I saw some of the trailers, and I thought there's a certain charm. Yeah. I think it's because you're so unusual. You don't really hear that, those kind of voices, especially with like an anime kind of thing like that. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, mm. The only thing I would say is during the, the battle system, um, the, the, the actual battles themselves, the characters don't shut up. They're mm. always, they, they just say one-liners all the time. Oh, man. But... They all say it at once, so they're all constantly talking over each other. Mm. But they've only got like three lines of dialogue that they'll say in battle, so they just say this. They'll say the same thing over and over and over I and over again. Wonder when games do that. Do people, the creators? I know yeah, it sounds probably added towards the end of the game, and they're probably in a bit of a rush at that point. But do they not do that and think, hang on, this is a little bit annoying? Let's, let's tone down some of the voices, or at least add a lot of different ones. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that I mean, happens the... an awful lot in games in general. I would, I would say. Yeah, it does. Uh, there's like a particular battle um, during the beginning part of the game. You fight these sort of Scottish um, guards. There's this nation called Moradane, who mm. and they all speak in sort of uh, Scottish accents. Right. And there's these Scottish sort of soldiers that you fight, and one of them just says, "Behave" in a Scottish accent. I can't do a Scottish accent, but he just says, behave, and mm. you fight, and he's just, behave, 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 oh, behave, Christ. and it's just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> and they must know it annoys people, because there's a specific option in the menu to turn down in-game voices. You can keep yeah. the voices on for the cutscenes and everything else, but just turn it off for the, the battles. So they must know that it was... Maybe they added that as a last minute thing. They couldn't, they couldn't, like... You know, reduce it or, or add more voices. So just, oh, let's just add the, the, the volume control and it'll be fine. Yeah. 
At least they've done that, though. At least you can. Oh, turn yeah. It off. No, yeah, you I don't know if I could face sound hours of, of yeah. that, to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really good game. And, like, the, the concept of it's really interesting. You know, there's, like, um, all the nations of the world are built on the back of these giant creatures mm. called titans. And they yeah, should all, all float around and... Um, yeah. And the whole society is based around, you know, the, these countries built on the Titans. And um, I don't want to say too much because it, it's one of the, you know, it's an RPG. So you really want to discover it for yourself to get the yeah. most out of it. But um, yeah. it's the first Xenoblade, Xenoblade game that I've played because I know it's quite highly regarded on the, the Wii. Yeah, uh, I was quite tempted by the Wii U one, Xenoblade Chronicles X, is it? X, yeah. Yeah, I never got around to it. I know that's a big mammoth one as well isn't it but yeah uh, yeah i was quite i was quite taken by that at one point yeah, yeah but i was I, I did a bit of sort of looking into it and apparently mm. it, it's similar to final fantasy and the, the the majority of the well there's exceptions with final fantasy but the games don't have any link to each other story-wise mm. there's oh, sort okay, of that's interesting the similar themes and the similar there's different races and um characters mm. uh, sort of character types that will pop up in each game Mm. Um, but there's no direct link between them. They're all set in different universes with different characters, so you don't actually have to play the first two to to jump in on the second one. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's what I've done. But I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I think I'll, I'll probably play it to completion unless I get I've hit a couple of difficulty spikes already with it, um, mm. which you know always tends to happen with RPGs with me. I'm afraid I go back to Final Fantasy VII. There's a boss called Demon Gate. Yeah. Um. Oh, kicked my ass back <laughs> in the day. I just, I, oh gosh. Whenever I think of Final Fantasy VII, I think of Demon Gate sooner yeah. or later. Just All unbelievable. Right. I and I think a couple of bosses like that have popped up in in Xenoblade. So yeah, I don't think I struggled with that. not to sound smug or anything because I'm not amazing at that. But I think for some for whatever reason, I don't think I struggled too much. With it. I remember what it is. Yeah, I but, think I just didn't have the right tactic for it. He does yeah. this move where it'll jump up and down, and these rocks fall and crack you guys on the head. Yeah. And like it was, it was just insta kill for each of my characters. I don't know if I hadn't leveled up enough or if I just didn't have the there's right a lot tactic, of things. But I really struggled with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you you have to sort of equip now and then to sort of. Otherwise, you're going to get slaughtered. Maybe you just yeah. didn't. Something like that, isn't it? I follow a bit yeah. of a walk through through most of it to be honest um, just because I didn't have a clue what I was doing a lot of the time <laughs> but uh, yeah, it may have helped me through it I don't know yeah but I think it's a, I think it's a common thing with, with RPGs I think every now and then you'll encounter a boss that just drives home the point that maybe you, you haven't quite got to grips with yeah. the battle system as well as you yeah. thought and it forces yeah. you was, to go back and reassess things oh, I, was con- I, I was constantly getting that definitely yeah, yeah I think that's kind of the situation I've, I've faced with uh, a couple of the bosses now but yeah. I think I've got to grips with it now so we'll see how we yeah. go but uh, yeah I'm enjoying my time with it so far so um, yeah I guess a thumbs up from me brilliant cool Okay, shall we um, go to the final segment of the of the podcast? We're, yeah, um, let's do it. So, gonna... what game are we playing? <laughs> well, um, should we start with a Mega Drive game? I thought it might be a good place to start. Do you yeah. agree? Do you disagree? Absolutely. Okay. Um, do you have any thoughts, suggestions? Anything no, that you, no, anything I, that you I... haven't played that you'd like to play? I'm going to let you pick this one because okay. I. I what I want, I've, I've got a game in mind that I'd like us to play, but it's a Super Nintendo game. So if oh, you okay. pick this one, yeah, that's I'll pick the next one. Yeah, because I was wondering how we we could either do a, a, a take it in turns and, and do our picks like that, or we could sort of, you know, provide a few different options and then work them out. But if you want to do it 
that way, that's fine. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see how, we, we'll see yeah. how it develops as, as we go. But I think for Definitely. this time, if you, you you get the first pick, I'll do the second pick, and we'll, we'll see how it, it okay. comes out. Yeah, um, I had a few ideas. I hadn't really settled on one. I was one um, Shinobi Three was one of them. Okay. Um, uh, Streets of Rage Three, um, uh, yeah, which I've played a bit recently, but I didn't uh, get take it to completion. Um, uh, God, what was the other ones? Um, oh, mine's gone blank now. <laughs> Dynamite Heady was one of them. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that was a game that my friend had um, that I've always kind of wanted to to go back on. I never, I've never gone back on it since. Um, I'm sure there was another one. This is really annoying because it might be a really awesome one that's like the best of all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. I think it was. Um, oh no, Sunset Riders. Sunset Riders. Ah, uh, okay. Um, which I again I played briefly on my Pi recently. And I really liked actually. Yeah. So I'm quite tempted to go for that one. Okay. That's, um, have you played it? I think you mentioned it uh, earlier on, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I have played it before. Not super familiar with it. I haven't pulled hours mm. into it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. There was some. Um, the, yeah, there was something about um, I don't know, just the style of it, and um, you know, the, the music sounded pretty good. You know, there's just the general idea, and that obviously that bloke who, um, you know, I can't remember. Very me. Very me with, with my money. money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play a little sound and, clip of that. And also the fact that you can go and have a prostitute as well, as I recall. Is that? Is, I, don't I imagine that. that. I think you I can. Nip, I think that. you can nip into the saloons and come out with a cheeky smile on your face and look like a really? prostitute on your arm. I'm. Pr- I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw that. I might be making it up. <laughs> I know there's also a SNES version and an arcade version, and it might be have. A, might be there's a, a quick, few ports of it. Yeah, yeah, might be good to have a quick go uh, on those as well, see how they compare. But mainly, just focus on the Mega Drive version. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you're happy to do that, I'm. Um, I'm happy to make our first uh, book club pick as uh, Sunset Riders for the Mega Drive. It is done. Okay, cool. Stay tuned cool. for that. Um, yeah. So, what's, have we decided what our schedule is going to be on this yet? Are we going to? Should we reconvene in a month's time? Are we going to do it fortnightly, monthly? I think weekly would probably be a bit too much of a strain on our, our time at the moment. But yeah, excessive. Um, there's one thing I don't think I mentioned to you. I'm moving next month. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. No, I don't think. I, yeah. So um, it, that's in about a month's time, mid-June. So obviously um, I'm, I should be able to fit in time for the play Sunset Riders here and there. But um, it's going to be a bit hectic packing and stuff. But yeah. and then afterwards as well, I don't want to leave it too long after a month. So should we say three weeks? Yeah, okay. So for you, I can probably do that because hopefully if I get a fair bit of packing done, I don't think I'll be spending like every evening packing. Um, I just started today, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's um, let's do that then in three weeks' time, and then um, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll take and that should give us enough time to to play that game and yeah, hopefully yeah, we'll definitely. have um, yeah. I mean, we can do that. We can do we can discuss our what we play and by that point, um, and then I don't know. Maybe to, uh, since the, it's a Mega Drive pick, maybe talk about the Mega Drive in general. Perhaps nothing too heavy but you know just a brief discussion about it just to yeah. provide a I mean, it's, been, it's been quite a long episode this time but I think oh, that's primarily because we've been sort of introducing things and uh, yeah there's been a lot to cover of, I think yeah. Uh, yeah a bit of a, a background a bit of an origin story of our our gaming lives so yeah. um, I don't know if we'll be sort of clocking in at sort of two hours for the next one but yeah um, I don't think we will I think um, yeah I think that'll that'll work yeah that'll work. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll find our way as we go okay Cool. 
that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you know when you, you when you're the first podcast of your kind, you know, mm. you don't really have a template to go on. Well, exactly. We're, we're making up the rules as we, we're making, uh, yeah, we're, we're defining we an industry here. So I, I quite like this uh, this little gimmick we've, uh, you've come up with there. I think we should continue. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend we're the first podcast ever. I quite like that. Yeah, we could even advertise ourselves as the first game video the game podcast because we're not we're not offering anything to sell. So technically, we can make up what we like. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, speaking of which, if you mm. uh, want to follow us on Twitter, mm. you set up a, a Twitter page for us. Have you not? Um, I at... did. It's at Podemup, capital P, capital E, capital U, um, all, all one word. Um, well, there's uh, an email address if you want to chat to us directly. It's Podemup, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Fantastic. And I think that's all we've got so far, really. I think isn't that's it? all. Yeah, I think that's all that the housekeeping taken care of. Yeah. So should we finish it up for today then? And um, yeah. appreciate any feedback anyone's got on the show. And yeah. you know we've got the the places to contact us. And uh, we'll see you all again in three weeks. And we'll we'll talk about Sunset Riders. All right. See you then. Goodbye for now. Bye bye. <laughs>